You're listening to Aaron and Patricia on the 5th of March of 2023. My name is Aaron. My name is Patricia. And today we are going to be talking about the Kids' Choice Awards 2023 results. Uh, that's uh, our continuation and none of the, the above. We're going to be talking about the 26th anniversary of Daria. The Super Mario Brothers movie will be coming out on April 5th. We will discuss. We will be paying our respects to Bernie Madison. Funko is going to be sending $30 million worth of uh, figurines into a landfill. A sequel to Detective Pikachu is in the works. Seven fairy tale princesses that still need Disney adaptations. Uh, going into the Disney train, uh, 10 Disney movies with a bad message. Uh, Jack Black's balls blurred out after a Bowser cosplay went, went wrong on the Kelly Clarkson show. And finally, we'll be giving our spoiler discussion of episode 3 of Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. You're listening to Aaron and Patricia on the 5th of March of 2023. Uh, a bit of news on the Aaron Mesa Show part. Um, we're going to be uh, looking to um, do some uh, announcements soon about uh, what we're going to be doing with the show. So um, stay tuned for that. That's all I can really say at this point. So All right, then. And uh, as for me, I'm going to be releasing the newest episode of Casual Chats tomorrow. It is on Cartoon Network. So um, this is one that I actually recorded all the way back last September and was going to have it ready for October. But there was a lot of things that happened, such as getting myself prepared for old spook lane creepy chats. And also there was a lot of audio issues. So I finally fixed that and you will be expected to see that tomorrow on the podcast feed and then on Wednesday on YouTube. Cool. Our top story, the Kids' Choice Awards uh, 2023 results are in. So, um, I mean, who wants to go through um, giving the announcements and then reacting? Um, cause, All right, uh, well, I, I guess it's um, uh, it's either or because, I mean, I already have my results right here. Sure, Do you have I, yours? Uh, well, I mean, tell you what, if you've already got them, then you can, you can go through them and uh, then we can react. So, All right, by, by the way, actually, before you do, I do actually want to make a correction from none of the above that was uh, broadcast on the Saturday before the show. Um, so, I stated that Adam Sandler was going to be up for the Lifetime Achievement Award. He wasn't. He was actually up for the King of Comedy. So, he was crowned with that. The Funny enough, the Lifetime Achievement Award actually went to, surprisingly, Optimus Prime uh, of yeah, uh, Transformers exactly. fame. As in, yeah, exactly. As in, like, the character... Not the voice actor, Peter Cullen, who has been doing his voice for over 40 years. Yeah, the character. That's very odd. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll talk about that. I mean, let's give let's give Optimus Prime his due. I mean, like, uh, let's be honest, he's he's been uh, a staple in uh, childhoods, uh, you know, for like the last 40 years. Pretty much at this mm -hmm. point, so like you know, he is a recognizable character. I mean, like, uh, um, it's quite surprising that they would they would go down the route of like you know a lifetime achievement award. Like you know, um, uh, one thing I'd actually be in favor of is having a hall of fame. I think a hall of fame would be pretty cool. Other things to have. Yeah, I I'm sure that that would be really cool. I mean, I didn't expect it to have a lifetime achievement award over to a fictional character, unless of course if they were to give it to the person who played as that fictional character. But no, they just awarded the fictional character. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I guess it's too, so it stands the test of time because, I mean, obviously, you know, uh, I mean, it also, I think Ultimate Prime, you know, uh, on and off has had like different voice actors in different shows. I oh, believe. sure. So, yeah, exactly. So I think maybe it is. So it's not like, you know, it's not kind of like stuck with like one person, maybe. And maybe that's what they were thinking of. Which, by the way, you know, don't get me wrong. Like, you know, the person who's been voicing Optimus Prime for, for like, you know, for, for decades, you know, I think deserves some recognition in all of this. So, oh, yeah, and, for sure. Uh, Absolutely. I mean, I might be wrong about this, but I think he was actually awarded the blimp. I think, you know, we're not on the show, yeah, I think, was, like, backstage. Yeah, he was, yeah, he was awarded the blimp, yes. Yeah, exactly. So, 
Um, so, but mind you, like, I mean, we could do a whole retrospective on Optimus Prime. Like, you know, he's, uh, you know, he started off in the 1980s, like, you know, with the uh, with, with the Transformers show, and then also with the uh, the toys that came out as well. And believe me, like, you know, if you think uh, Transformers was big during, like, you know, the whole Michael Bay, you know, uh, extravaganza, let me tell you something. You know, back in the 1980s and back in the early 90s, you know, Transformers was the thing that all the yeah. guys had like you know um, a lot of people I knew from school had the Optimus Prime dolls they had like the uh, you know they, even if you didn't have that they at least had like some like maybe like one maybe two maybe three Transformers in their collection pretty much mm-hmm. like you know it was uh, it was a thing to have a Transformers back in the day back in the 80s and 90s effectively oh yeah for sure and also not to mention that every single iteration of transformers had optimus prime in some way shape or form whether it be through beast wars where we had optimus primal and then even like um uh, rescue bots which is more or less a younger version of transformers and then um you know in even in like the more recent incarnations we've always had an optimus prime so yeah he's like one of the major characters of the entire franchise and he's a very iconic one for a reason. By the way, um, I want to give a shout-out to the Owl House fans at this point. And the reason I want to give them a shout-out while we're talking about Transformers is because, you know, right now we are going to be uh, going towards the final episode of the Owl House, pretty much. Like, you know, the, 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 the whole, like, you know, end of the Owl House saga, pretty much. And uh, everyone's kind of, like, freaking out because, like, or, like you know, they're, they're worried about, like, how much they're going to be crying or how sad it's going to be and uh, everything like that. Like, listen, like, you know, people are kind of, you know, kind of worried, you know, not worried, but, you know, kind of uh, confused about my reaction to all of this. And one of the reasons why is because, like, why I'm not feeling, you know, um, too emotional about the final episode of The Owl House is because, you know, um, if you think whatever Dana Terrace is going to throw at you is going to be, like, super emotional, oh boy, have I got a Transformers movie to sell you. (laughs) Oh, oh boy. Yeah, exactly. So, like, you know, I've seen it all pretty much at this point. Like, I'd be very intrigued to see what Dana Terrace brings out for The Owl House, but, like, the Optimus Prime dying... Like, you know, sorry, spoilers, if you're, you know, if you're not seeing the Transformers movie, you know, a movie from, like, all the way from back in the 80s, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of characters died in this, and from what I understand, the reason why they did that was because they wanted to kill off the old characters so that they can be able to introduce a slew of new characters so that they can sell the toys. Yeah, like, uh, it's kind of funny, like, yeah, oh, no, it's, yes, to sell the toys. Oh, I mean, continue the Transformers story. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy, but, you know, in all seriousness, no, you know, uh, hats off to Optimus Prime. Like, you know, it's standing the test of time. Like, you know, we're, how many times have we... How many 80s, 90s properties have basically gone by the wayside and, and Optimus Prime is still here? I mean... Like, yeah, that's true. I mean, think about all the animated shows that we've gotten back in the 80s and how very few of them had stood the test of time because, I mean... As mentioned earlier, the 1980s were, more, for the most part, a slew of just toy commercials. I mean, yeah, it's true that we've had, like, our fair share of, like, really good ones, like we said before, with um, Transformers, there's He-Man, there's Thundercats, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which we'll talk about in a little later. But, yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of them that just been, like, forgotten, like Shirt Tales and uh, the Get Along Gang. So, yeah. Well, they were forgotten for a reason. Exactly. Much. They were yeah. forgotten for a reason. Exactly. And, and then there's some 
And then there's some very surprising ones that you would think, oh, wow, you know, I could, I didn't expect this to stand the test of time, like My Little Pony. Like, who would have thought that My Little Pony, which was basically Hasbro attempt of, you know, trying to gear towards girls with Transformers gearing towards boys, would be just as iconic as anything else, considering that, you know, the series wasn't that good. I mean, I'm well, sorry. Well, I, I'm assuming people. you're referring to the Friendship is Magic phenomenon, which gave us, like, you exactly. know, the whole... The friendship yeah. is, exactly. The Friendship is Magic phenomenon was the one that pretty much brought well, it back. Unlike the comes- 80s show, it was actually, but from what I've, I mean, I've not sat down and watched the show by any stretch of the imagination. I've seen clips and stuff like that, but from what people have, uh, have told me who have like watched the show, apparently it's really well written. So, like, in, in some parts, it is yes. I mean, especially I've seen the old uh, My Little Pony movie from the eighties. Uh, I've not seen the My Little Pony Friendship Is Magic movie for those who are wondering. But yeah, I mean, there are some pom- moments in which it is pretty well done, and then there's some others in which it's like, eh, not really. Uh, My Little Pony Tales, and then the third generation were the ones that kind of like dropped the ball. But yeah, I mean, it just goes to show you that just because something was originally meant to sell toys doesn't mean that it can come back. And, um, you know, be able to, uh, you know, revitalize things. But I, mean, I think the one thing, like having a, having a cartoon show, the one thing you can do is you can explore the lore of, like, you know, say, for example, like, you know, it's not a great example, but the Mighty Max cartoons. Do you remember that? Like, you know, like, what's the deal with Mighty Max? Like, you know, going into all these worlds, pretty much, like, you know, uh, and uh, so, um, I mean, the idea of having a show like this is so that you can expand on the story of these characters because they're so fascinating in themselves that you wonder what of adventures that they actually go on to. You know, that's why even TMNT was so big. You know, like, you know, like, uh, when the toys came out, it was like, oh, wow, like, you know, uh, there could be a story behind this, and thus we got TMNT because of that, mm-hmm. and that's continued on pretty much to this day. You know, that's what I was just going to move on to next. You know, dare I say, maybe the next Lifetime Achievement Award that should be awarded to is TMNT. I think. You, yeah, that would be really cool, especially since uh, TMNT, um, at, with the Kids' Choice Awards, they just announced the cast of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem, the one that's being executive produced by Seth Rogen. But again, we'll get to that later. Exactly. So let's let's uh, cut to the chase and let's announce the winners, shall we? Cool. Okay. So um, do you want to go through them all and uh, we'll react as we go along? All right, then. So, oh, boy. Uh, Some of them are going to be like, eh, you know what? I pretty much expected this. And then the other ones are going to be fairly, fairly surprising, considering about, like, you know, how we... (laughs) <laughs> how we joked about that oh you know there's no way this is going to win but then it ended up winning yeah. so by, by the way yeah. i have actually seen the winners so like you know no, none of what you might tell me surprises me pretty much at this okay point, but so. i'm sure for our listeners who did not watch the kca last night you're gonna be pretty surprised so yeah let's go over to the movie category so um favorite movie um we had uh, avatar the way of water black adam black panther wakanda forever hocus pocus 2 jurassic world dominion monster high the movie uh, Sonic the Hedgehog 2 and Top Gun Maverick, and our winner was Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Wow. I, I have to say, I wasn't expecting that, to be honest with you. Okay. I wasn't either. I was thinking that maybe... I thought Marvel Avatar movies. was going to win it. I really did. Oh, really? Well, yeah, but you remember, like, in the show, like, you know, it was, it was, it was like two days ago. Like, we said that... Yeah, uh, I know. I know we, I know you said that, but it's like, I'm still surprised that you even chose that one. But, well, I mean, like, I, I chose that one because, like, you know, that's how I feel. Like, you know, uh, mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, by the way, I've not seen Avatar Way of Water yet. So, I have. Like, I, you have. Well, to be honest with you, like, I've not seen it yet, so I, I, maybe you'll, maybe I'll go see it. Maybe you'll say, oh, it's, you know, maybe, maybe that's better than Sonic 2, but quite frankly, you know, um, I have leanings towards Sonic the Hedgehog really more than I do Avatar, so that's the reason why I picked it. So, but yeah. uh, I'm glad that it won. 
<laughs> so, <laughs> I'm glad that I won too. Yeah. All right. Favorite favorite movie actor: uh, Chris Hemsworth, Chris Pratt, Dwayne Johnson, Jim Carrey, Ryan Reynolds, and Tom Cruise. Uh, Dwayne Johnson won this one. I'm really surprised at that, to be honest with you. Yeah, for Black Adam. You know, yes, like for it. Black Adam. Yeah, I guess maybe. I don't know. Like I know from from critics' perspective, I've heard that Black Adam is not as good as like other superhero movies. But apparently, yeah. you know, the the audience apparently proving us wrong. Apparently, they do like this movie. So, like uh, maybe I well maybe we're wrong on that one. Maybe I don't know. I I haven't seen it, so I can. I've not say seen it either. Thoughts of it. Yeah. All right then. Moving on. So, favorite movie actress: uh, Elizabeth Olsen, Letitia Wright, Lupita Nyong'o, Millie Bobby Brown, Natalie Portman, and Sarah Jessica Parker. The winner of this was Millie Bobby Brown for Enola Holmes Two. Oh well, we called that, didn't we? Yeah, I think we did. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, I think you called that. I think I said uh, Lupita Nyong'o, but yeah, you were the one who called that one. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, she was the safe option, pretty much. So yeah, I think that's what everyone went with. So okay. So next one, favorite animated movie, uh, DC League of Super Pets, Hotel Transylvania, Transformania, Lightyear, The Minions, Rise of Gru, The Bad Guys, and Turning Red. Minions, The Rise of Gru won. Uh, I said it was going to get picked. Like, it's Minions. I was hoping, I was hoping that it wasn't. Well, it's babe, it's Minions. It's a meme. Like, and also young kid, kids like it, and even adults like Minions. You know, I know. Like it's just it's uh, you know, the minions, the gnomes, going to be here with us for a while. Like you know, until like the epic battle when they fight the rabbits in the civil war. I highly doubt that's going to be uh, you know, the minions going to be with us for a while. I think. <laughs> like, fair enough. Fair dude, enough. Can you imagine so... that battle of minions versus rabbits? Oh, good oh grief. my gosh, it'll be a screaming fest. It's like ah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. All right, moving on. Uh, favorite voice from an animated movie, male. We have Andy Samberg twice for Dale uh, for Chippendale Rescue Rangers and Jonathan for Hotel Transylvania Transformania. Uh, Chris Evans, Dwayne Johnson, Kevin Hart, and Steve Carell. Dwayne Johnson wins this one again for DC League of Pets voicing as Crypto the Super. I, I you know I said this in the in the previous podcast. I think Dwayne Johnson's just winning because he's Dwayne Johnson. I think not not because of the roles that he's got. Mm. I'm really he's, yeah. he's got two blimps so far for roles that aren't really that good. <laughs> Explain yeah, this, people. I, maybe, maybe kids liked DC League of Super Pets. I don't know. I heard it wasn't that great. I know, but you know, it's like, hey, you know, we have this animated movie about the pets of the DC superheroes. So I guess kids like it. Oh, all right. Then. Anyway, all right, sure. Next one, favorite voice for an animated movie female and we have aquafina kiki palmer selma hayek sandra oh selena gomez and taraji p henson selena gomez won this one for hotel transylvania transformania um i guess that's not surprising i mean mm. selena gomez, I mean, selena gomez is, yeah. is pretty you know popular so i guess so but still yeah, she- it's like um, but again, like, you know, I still argue, like, you know, why did Andy Samberg in the male, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, section, you know, why did Antonio Banderas not get one of those places? Seriously. Would have been, uh, yeah, exactly. Antonio Banderas should have been nominated for I think he would have won if he was category. nominated, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been really, really good. I mean, he would have de- definitely given everybody a run for their money, that's for sure. Yeah. All right, then. So, oh, my gosh. Oh, boy. So th- now we're going to go into the television category and just prepare to just swim in the irony. 
Favorite kids TV show. Are You Afraid of the Dark Ghost Island? High School Musical, The Musical, The Series, Miss Marvel, Raven's Home, That Girl Lele, The Fairly Odd Parents, Fairly Otter, The Mighty Ducks, Game Changers, and The Really Loud House. The Fairly Odd Parents, Fairly Otter won this one. Wow. I, I Who accepted the award? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't see it. That, that's crazy. <laughs> like, they took it down. Yes, it's no longer up on Paramount Plus, so you can't see it. Yeah, like, and it won an award. How? Wow. How? How? How, how, how did it win an award? I mean, twofold, you know, not only because you can't see it anymore, but secondly, because from what we've heard from reviews and seeing clips online, the show is terrible. Yeah, exactly. Like, good grief. I mean, I can only think they ironically voted for it. I don't know. Like it's just, I mean, it's, uh, to consider that Nickelodeon didn't really win a lot of their own category nominations, it's like, okay, I guess this is the one we're going to be uh, giving this to, and it's a show that's both not good and you can't see anymore, so uh, sure. I'm amazed that this is one, really. Like, yeah, just, I am uh, shocked by this. I really would. Do I, thought... I, I would demand a recount. I really would. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. Yeah, all right then. Next one, favorite family TV show. We have uh, Cobra Kai, iCarly, Obi-Wan Kenobi, She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, Stranger Things, Wednesday, Young Rock, and Young Sheldon. Wednesday won this one. Not surprising. And, yeah, I'm uh, not surprised. Yeah, yeah. I, also, I liked her exception piece as well, even though she wasn't there. So, like, mm-hmm. I mean, is she still recovering from COVID at the moment, or is she... I mean, uh, I thought that she got COVID a while ago, I mean, oh, when right. they were filming it. So, I mean, I don't know. Maybe she caught it again. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Well, I mean, maybe she wasn't available at the time. And just do, like, yeah, maybe know. she's off doing, you know, filming for other stuff. Yeah, but, you know, like, uh, that would have been that would have been a great place for her to, like, you know, do, you know, it's the same that she didn't turn up, but, uh, you know, that would have been good to, uh, if she did turn up as the KCAs, you know, she won. <laughs> so <laughs> Exactly. Oh, well. All right. Next up, uh, favorite reality show. We got uh, America's Funniest Home Videos, America's Got Talent, American Ninja Warrior, Floor is Lava, Master Chef Jr., and The Masked Singer. Master Chef Jr. won this one. Okay, then. Yeah, I think they've won been in the past, haven't they? I think so. I, th- I think that America's Got Talent won last year's award, but yeah, I mean, I guess this one uh, was the one that they decided to take the win for. Yeah, okay. Okay, now time for, oh, we completely saw this coming. <laughs> Favorite animated show. Oh, gee, I wonder Jurassic- which one it could be. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, yeah, let's let's just get this over with. Yes, yeah, SpongeBob won again. Uh, it's like it's you might you know what you might just give SpongeBob SquarePants a blimp and then go do another category of like you know here's the animated shows that aren't SpongeBob SquarePants. Yeah. Like, how many blimps has he won now? Like, like it's just I mean, this has been like a, th- a theme that's been going on since like you know the two thousands. Yes, it is. He has been getting blimps ever since the two thousands. So, yes, he. Uh, from what I understand, he has won over 20 blimps. And the one time in which he didn't was back in 2008. And uh, interestingly enough, Avatar's coming back soon. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Ooh, you uh, better watch out, SpongeBob. Uh, I can't believe, I, well, I can't believe the most... Uh, I mean, I guess it makes sense, uh, I guess, canonly, that's, you know, where Avatar Aang is pretty much the only thing that could beat the, you know, the almighty powerful sponge, I mm. guess. So. I guess so. Yeah. All right, next up, uh, favorite female TV star kids. Um, we have Audrey Grace Marshall, Emojin Cohen, Olivia Rodrigo, Raven Simone, Sophia Wiley, and that girl, Lele. Uh, o- Olivia Rodrigo won for High School Musical, the musical, the series. Um, yeah, it doesn't surprise me. 
Yeah, it doesn't surprise me either. All right, next one. We have a favorite male TV star kids. We have uh, Brady Noon, Israel Johnson, Joshua Bassett, Tyler Wadless, Wolfgang Schaefer, and Young Dylan. And the winner of that one was Joshua Bassett for High School Musical, the musical, the series. Wow, must be pretty popular, the series. Uh, again, we've never seen it, so we don't know what it's like. And uh, you know, yeah. I've, I've missed out on these like, high school musical craze. Like, you know, like, like, when did it first begin? Like, back in, like, 2000 and something or other? Uh, 2007. 2007, good grief. Like, I've, I've, yeah, I've never sat down and actually watched a high school musical anything, uh, quite frankly. (laughs) I saw the first one, but only because when I was a camp counselor, um, that was what the kids really, really loved. They played the music all the time. They watched the movie all the time. So I am familiar with that. I've never seen the other ones because I think that they weren't into the second and third one. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Next one. Uh, favorite female TV star family. So we have uh, Hillary Duff, Jenny Ortega, Millie Bobby Brown, Miranda Cosgrove, Sadie Sink, and Tracy Ellis Ross. Jenny Ortega won this one for Wednesday. Cool. Okay. So they got two blimps. Yeah. Mm. Wednesday got two KCA blimps. That's and it's surprising. an Netflix show. Yeah, it's a Netflix show. Wow, Nickelodeon hasn't really won a lot of it. I mean, they've won, like, what, two out of, like, the dozen categories that we've uh, we've read through so far? Yeah, and one of them was fairly odder. Good grief. Like, I I, I cry foul at one of them, at least. I would say say they've won one and a half so far. (laughs) Okay, fair enough. I mean, two of the actors, uh, the female actors and one of the male, male actors didn't even win for favorite tv star at all disney won for high school musical the musical the series so what does that tell you yeah it's just it's uh um i mean who knows like you know disney looks like they're gonna go down for go go to a bit of a like you know a mediocre phase i think at this point so like um who, i mean mind you they still got moon girl devil dinosaur they still got ghost of molly mcgee they still got you know big city greens they still got some other you know heavyweights they could throw into you know the category to uh, you know, to, to fight, yeah, to fight but, in, that, but... that's the that's the animated uh, version. But th- we're talking about the live action show. Well, I don't pay attention to all of that, so like you know, <laughs> whatever. Okay, fair enough. Okay, so next one we have favorite male TV star: uh, Caleb McLaughlin, Ewan McGregor, Finn Wolfhart, uh, Gatton Matarazzo, Jerry Trainer, and Ralph Macchio. Uh, Finn Wolfhart won this one for Stranger Things. Uh, well, Stranger Things is a big show, so that doesn't surprise yeah. me. I mean, I would have gone for yeah. Ewan McGregor, you know, myself, but uh, yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's me personally. Yeah, uh, especially since Stranger Things is, I think it's going to be having its last season pretty soon. Mm, that's going to be a big season. Yeah, it's going to be a huge season. All right, now we go into the music category. So we have um, Lizzo, About Damn Time, Taylor Swift, Antihero, Harry Styles, As It Was, uh, Taylor Swift, Bejeweled, Beyonce, Break My Soul, Jack Harlow, First Class, One Republic, I Ain't Worried, and Lift Me Up, Rihanna. Uh, Harry Styles won this one. Okay. Next one, favorite album. Uh, the Weeknd, Dawn FM, DJ Khaled, God Did, Harry Styles, Harry's House, Taylor Swift, Midnight's 3 a.m. Edition, Beyonce, Renaissance, and Lizzo Special. And uh, Taylor Swift won this one for Midnight's 3 a.m. Edition. Oh, well, that's surprising. Well, okay. okay. Well, don't tell Kanye right. West. <laughs> Kanye West wasn't even nominated and, and good. <laughs> All right, favorite, uh, favorite female artist, uh, Adele, Beyonce, Billie Eilish, Cardi B, Lady Gaga, Rizzo, Rihanna, and Taylor Swift. And Taylor Swift won this one. Um, Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. I mean, like, uh, I would yeah, like Billie Eilish to win, but, uh, you know, like, uh, there, 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 was some t- there was some tough people in there, so I can't imagine yeah, the, the pretty, vote was pretty yeah, divided. 
Yeah, I guess that's true. All right, favorite male artist: uh, Bad Bunny, Drake, Ed Sheeran, Harry Styles, Justin Bieber, Kendrick Lamar, Post Malone, and The Weeknd. Harry Styles won this one. Hey, he's got two blimps. Taking it back to awesome. Taking it back home to the UK. <laughs> coming okay. home, it's coming home. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, favorite music group. We have Five Seconds of Summer, Black Eyed Peas, Black Pink, BTS, Imagine Dragons, One Republic, Panic at the Disco, and Paramore. BTS won this one. Yeah, and they're actually on a winning streak right now. I think they've been winning uh, blimps since like you know like the uh, you know the the late you know to 2010s at this point. Yeah, they've been they've been really really popular, especially for not only the kids but for uh, pretty much everybody. I'm glad that Panic at the Disco didn't win because if that would have won, then we would have had another shred of irony like how Fairly Odd Parents Fairly Odd won. So Well, I think yeah. I think BTS I think are doing something. I mean, I'm only hearing this from like other people. I don't really like sit down and listen to BTS myself. I'm not really into K-pop all that much, but I think they're becoming more versatile now in like their their uh, ring. I think uh, they're going to end up being, uh, you know, I think somewhere down the line, I think they're going to end up being kind of like, you know, not like teenage heartthrobs anymore, but I think they're going to kind of like, you know, go into that whole, like, take that kind of, like, phrase. Like, you know, like... Uh, you know, it, like it makes a lot of sense, of course. I mean, usually yeah. boy bands, no matter where they're from originally, I guess they do go through, like, their different phases, you know? Yeah, like, you know, it's going to be like, oh, hey, everything's nice and fresh, and, like, you know, everything's not beat, and then by the time, like, a couple of years down the line, it's going to be like, oh, remember back in the day, and, like, you know, we'll, like, you know, we'll do, like, the whole smooth, kind of, like, adult contemporary phase, eventually, of their career. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds about right. Yeah. All right, next up, uh, favorite music collaboration. We have um, Bam Bam by uh, Camila Cabello featuring Ed Sheeran. Don't You Worry, Black Eyed Peas featuring David Guetta and Shakira. I Like You, a happier song with Post Malone featuring Doja Cat. Numb with Marshmallow featuring Khaled. Stay With Me with Calvin Harris featuring Justin Timberlake, Halsey and Pharrell. And Sweetie, Sweetest Pie by Megan Thee Stallion and Dua Lipa. Uh, Sweetest Pie ended up winning. Cool. All right, favorite breakout artist, uh, Devin Cole, Dove Cameron, Gail, Joji, Lauren, Spencer, Smith, and Nikki Yore. Dove Cameron won this one. I think this was like our one of our none of the above because we were like, who? Yeah, like we didn't know any of these people. Yeah. Next up, uh, favorite global music star, uh, Bad Bunny for Latin America, Blackpink for Asia, Harry Styles for UK, Rosalia for Europe. Taylor Swift for North America, Tones and I from Australia, and WizKid from Africa. Harry Styles won this one. So this is his third blimp. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, it doesn't surprise me. Like, you know, Harry Styles is running away with this. Actually, he's got three blimps so far, hasn't he? Compared yes, to everybody he does. else. Yes. Yeah. So yep. when we, were, we got Harry Styles on three, we got Wednesday on two, and we got Dwayne Johnson on two, I think, even yes. if we're keeping score. So, um, yeah. And uh, Nickelodeon in general on, like, one and a half. So. <laughs> Okay. Next up, uh, favorite social music star: uh, Bella Porsche, uh, Dixie Delamilo, Jojo Siwa, Oliver Tree, Stephen uh, Sanchez, and that girl Lele. Uh, Bella Porsche won this one. Uh, yeah, but like, again, it's like Jojo uh, Siwa was a long time ago, isn't she? I'm surprised still she's getting uh, nominated. Good grief! I mean, she's still part of Nickelodeon, so that she was she is. Like yeah, the, but you know, like uh, I mean, the, there's I still see articles from time to time of like you know why I won't let my you know daughter near Jojo Siwa. Like you know, it's just, it's, uh, it's kind of depressing, really, when you see it. But you know, at the same time, you can sort of when when you see what she's like, you can kind of see you know uh, why people would be concerned about her appearance. I mean, not, like not her appearance, but like her uh, her whole like you know um, you know character and like her whole like you know the way that she kind of like goes around doing herself. So mm -hmm. like you know, I can sort of understand the the backlash be, uh, behind her and uh, everything like that. And also, she's not my cup of tea either. So. 
Yeah. All right, then. Okay, now we go over to the miscellaneous categories. So, favorite male creator. Austin Creed, Mr. Beast, Ninja, Ryan's World, Sean Does Magic, and Unspeakable. Mr. Beast won this one. It doesn't surprise me. Like, you know, he's uh, done... He, he did an incredible video that everyone really liked. And, like, uh, and he also... He does other stuff as well. So, if it wasn't even just for, you know, the, uh, the, the fact he gave eye surgery to everybody, he's going to be something else. Yeah, and the fact that Ryan's World, which is basically like, uh, you know, the major content creator who does toy reviews and Nickelodeon has a show dedicated to him didn't win, that's something. Yeah, but uh, I mean, it's, it, again, like, you know, it's not their biggest show. You know, like, here's the thing, like, you know, we had the video game review shows back in the 80s and the 90s, didn't we? Like, you know, mm -hmm. we, we had the things on Jetix, we had, like, uh, you know, uh, things on ITV, things on the BBC as well, and, I mean, like, they were, like, nice magazine shows, but they weren't, like, you know, the main show. If you know what I mean, like it was just kind of like it was more like um, a supplement, if anything. Sure, so, and yeah. G4 TV as well. Exactly, yeah. But I mean, wasn't that a channel rather than a TV show? Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, it was a channel, and it, it had like different TV shows that had like various uh, segments, like game reviews and you know skits and all that kind of stuff. But you, you get the point, yeah. Mm -hmm. So. I mean, you have all of these content creators and, you know, some of them go off and do great things. Uh, some of them stream, some of them do good causes, some of them review. So I guess, um, you know, for Mr. Beast, who, you know, he has all of this money doing his content. And instead of like, you know, spending it all on, you know, riches and getting himself, a, you know, a big mansion and all that kind of stuff, he gives it to good causes. You know, we saw that he's able to give sight to people who are blind and he was able to uh, plant trees and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I mean, at least he's doing good stuff to all the money that he's making. I mean, Nickelodeon should give him a show. Please don't give them ideas. Okay. Because every single, every single time that Nickelodeon has ever done a TV show based off of something from the internet, for the most part, it's failed. I mean, should I remember about Fred? Oh yeah, I remember Fred. But yeah, you know, there, there's a there's a big difference between Mr. Beast and Fred. I mean, like, I know, but I'm just saying, like you know, every single time that they Fred, Fred was to like a, you know a one like a, a one like like a one joke comedian pretty much. Like, yeah, you know, but at the same time, he was super popular online. Yeah, I know, but also, like you know, he was like, what about now? Like you know, barely anybody talks about Fred now, pretty much. Exactly. Yeah, but Fred was again, like the, I mean, the, the internet equivalent of Pogs. Pretty much. That's what Nickelodeon is. I mean, every time that they see something that they think will catch on from the internet, they put it on TV and then it fails. I mean, they did this with Awesomeness TV. They did this with the reaction. Well, you know, like, but his thing, like, you know, being nice to people is like something that's transcended, you know, generations. It's like, it's kind of like the kind of thing that has started like at the beginning of humanity, pretty much. <laughs> like, you know, so that, I'd be very, I would be, you know, it would be a horrible thing if that gets old, you know, like doing nice things for people. You know, yeah. like, you know, oh, wait, here's a show about a guy who gives a shit, you know, <laughs> it's like, uh, I mean, it's just, it's, uh, I, I really, yeah, I, I, I don't I, I know. I guess like, maybe, man. maybe they should have given him a show, who knows, but like, maybe, uh, maybe yeah. they should have done, like, you know, looking back now, I mean, obviously it's like, it's, uh, uh what's it called? Um, I mean, like, uh, you know, it's, um, it, it, obviously it's like, you know, it's Captain Foresight on my part, I will, I will agree with that, but you know, it's, uh, well. 
Yeah, that's all I can say about it, really. <laughs> okay, then let's let's move on. Uh, favorite female creator: we have Addison Ray, Charlie Delamilo, uh, Dixie Delamilo, Gracie's Corner, Kid Diana Show, and Miranda Sings. Charlie Delamilo won this one. It would have been awkward if she would have lost, considering that she was the host of the KCAs this year. I was gonna say, I think um, it was. Uh, I mean, they they had to, you know. I guess it's the, the thank you blimp for posting the show. I guess I'm not sure. Yeah. All right, next one is favorite social media family. We were like none of the above for this because we've never Yeah, I would just say, I mean, do we even care who won this category? I would just scrap it. All right, then, fair enough. But I'll just say for those who are curious, uh, Ninja Kids TV won this one. Uh, I mean, what, this is, a, this is a family of ninjas? I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Like, uh, I mean, say what, I be, that would be an interesting reality show. Like, yeah, you know, like about a, kids who are ninjas. You know, about a fa- whole family of like ninjas. Like, like, it's like, uh, it's like, it's like, uh, you know, uh, it's like the Incredibles. They're, they're all over the, the Revenge of Shinobi, pretty much. Oh my gosh! All right, moving on. Uh, favorite female sports star: uh, Candace Parker, Chloe Kim, Naomi Osaka, uh, Serena Williams, Simone Biles, and Venus Williams. Uh, Serena won this one. Oh uh, yeah, well, of course she would, and uh, you know, I, will, yeah. I still, I was up for Lionel Messi to win. You know, like, right, it's then. been a, it's been a pretty epic journey for him. So. Mm-hmm. All right, then. So favorite male sports star was LeBron James, Lionel Messi, Patrick Mahomes. Oh, Sean I'm White. sorry. Yeah, was that the, that was the women's one, wasn't it? Yeah, I'm, that was I'm the sorry. One. I do apologize. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah. Okay. Serena I, I winning it's makes like, sense. Uh, you know, it's like, oh yeah, Serena. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She won. Okay. I want to. I'm sad about Lionel Messi. Oh yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. Uh, anyway, I, I, so, yeah. I I missed that you said that it was the it was the female category. I thought it was like just like the the like, the one category. But. No, they, they they've divided it. But yeah, sorry, yeah, I mean, sorry, so, everybody. <laughs> okay, so LeBron won this one. So sorry, Lionel. Oh well, okay. So winning a World Cup isn't enough to win a Nickelodeon Choice Award, but starring in Space Jam: A New Legacy apparently is. Seriously, I mean, at, seriously, at, at kids. the moment, at the moment, I mean, LeBron is like one of the biggest basketball stars out there, and I'm sorry, babe, but basketball is a lot more popular here in America than football or soccer. Uh. So, yeah. There's times I say the kids are all right, and then there's other times I'm like, really? You know? <laughs> fairly odd parents, fairly odder. <laughs> uh... Next one, celebrity pet. We just completely skipped this one because we were like, we don't care. Because it's like, w- why is this a category? Why do we care about the celebrity pets? Uh, like, I just get, I, I, I don't know. Like, it's just, it's, uh, I've just seen like pets become famous on the internet, and then you realize how badly they've been treated. I, you know, uh, later on in life, and it's kind of like it's just this will kind of this will, this category kind of makes me cringe a little bit, really. Mm-hmm. So like uh, now, now, now we're not saying that any of the ones who are nominated were treated cruelly, but I mean, for the most part, when you have when you see like oh, you know, here's this uh, pet on social media. I mean, for the most part, we would say that okay, they look like they're being treated very well, and they look really happy. But I'm sure that there are some stories behind the scenes in which like no, they're being abused for their views. So. Um, yeah, I, anyway, so I guess I'll just mention it for those who are curious. Olivia Benson Swift, I believe that's Taylor Swift's pet, so that's the one who won. But again, I don't care. Yeah. Next one. Favorite book. Uh, Cat Kid Comic Club book series, Diary of a Wimpy Kid book series, Five Nights at Freddy's book series, the Harry Potter book series, The Adventures of Captain Underpants book series, and The Bad Guys book series. No surprise, Harry Potter won this one. Uh, yeah, no surprise either. Like you know, Harry Potter's still, you know, well, yeah, Legacy's also still pretty big on the internet too. Like you know, it's just it's, yeah. Uh, the the Harry Potter franchise, whether you like it or not, is not going away. It transcends generations, and people are going to be talking about it for a very long time. 
You know, yeah, like and a, I know that there are some issues with, you know, the uh, revelations of J.K. Rowling when she was talking about anti-trans issues and stuff like that. But I mean, well, yeah, Roald Dahl, you know, Roald Dahl, you know, made an anti-Semitic comment at one point. Like, you know, unfortunately, yeah, I, whether I, we like it or not, some of our some of our favorite authors, unfortunately, have said stupid shit in the past. You know, like it's yeah. just we're getting away from it. You know? Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, sure, you know, the people who have, you know, said really bad stuff, but at the same time, their work will still transcend over time. So I guess maybe for some people, they just can't separate the art from the artist. Oh, oh I, I don't know about that. Like, uh, I mean, I'm interested to see what happens when J.K. Rowling passes away and then what happens to her work after that. Like, you know, is she still, is her name still going to be, I mean, mind you, like, uh, I mean, they didn't really, I mean, you know, when they announced that that was a winner, I mean, like, did they give the limits? jk rowling or did they no I mean, they, they don't usually do that i mean yeah exactly so I, like it's not like she's been put on the stage and like you've been handed the blimp and like she's been giving her like a fame you know her, her five minutes of fame or anything like that you know it's like you know i mean i'm like, actually curious i mean have they given her the blimp or they ship it to her or maybe it i goes don't know over to scholastic i don't will she care like you know it's, i uh, i don't i don't know at this point i don't know all right finally last but not least we have favorite video game and again this isn't a surprise. Adopt Me, Brookhaven, Just Dance 2023, Mario and Rabbit, Sparks of Hope, Minecraft, and Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Minecraft won again. Well, I mean, yeah, I'm, 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 I mean, I've got nothing against Minecraft at all. Like, you know, it's a great, it's, it's a great game from what people have told me. I don't play it myself, but you know, I know, I know, it's true. But the game came out like over a you know, over a decade ago, and it's still winning. Well, you know, like, you know, Half-Life 2 came out, uh, you know, ages ago, but, you know, also Half-Life itself also came out, like, what, back in 2000? So, like, or even, even later, even earlier than that, 1998, 1999, something like that. You know, like, it's just, and also, like, they recently just released, like, a, a, an RTX mod for it, so it does, like, ray tracing and stuff. So, like, you know, like, you know, old games, you know, die, you know, the old games die hard. You know, like, uh, people still want to bring them to life and still want to, like, do different stuff with them. So, like, you know, same thing with Minecraft. Like, you know, uh, Minecraft is uh, it's not just about how old the game is. It's about how, you know, uh, how, how amazing it is to play, the experience is to play it, effectively. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I, I, I still play Doom, you know, and that came back in, back in 93. You know, like, mm -hmm. and still people, even, even you see kids today still playing, you know, fine, you know, this, oh, what's this game called Doom? It's like, it's like a dollar, like, on the Microsoft Store, and like, you know, they play it and like, you know, have a, have some really good fun with it. Like, oh, wow, this is really cool. You know? Mm -hmm. It's like, it's still, it, yeah. it, it, Minecraft has that last ability factor. Same as Doom, same as Half-Life, same as various other games. You know? I'm not saying anything bad about it. I'm just saying that a game that came out over a decade ago was able to defeat games that came out recently. Well, what does that say about the recent games that came out recently? Yeah, you better step up your game. I mean, Pokemon <laughs> Scarlet and Violet. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, uh, I mean, we've seen the Nintendo Directs. I mean, like, you know, they might have some ammunition going into next year's KCAs. So. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> if I do not see Metroid Prime Remastered nominated next year, Nintendo, I'm going to write a very angry letter. Well, I don't I'm think, I don't think they'll put to. that up for it. I think they'll put Tears of the Kingdom up for it, I think. Oh yeah! Oh man, that would be. I would love to see that win. That that, that's great. the high, that's the highest anticipated game right now. You know, until they release, until they you know announce Metroid Prime Four. You know. Yeah. When whenever that comes out. Whenever yeah. that comes out, yeah. Uh, all right, that is it for the KCA 2023 winners. So, um, major surprises for some winners, not too much surprises for others. So yeah, well, I guess we'll be doing this again next year. Mm-hmm. That was another year above for this year. So. Yeah, okay.
All right, so next up, we're going to be talking about the 26th anniversary of Daria, which is the spinoff of Beavis and Butthead about a teenage girl named Maria Morgander, uh, Daria Morgendurfer who um, had decided to, uh, you know, showcase a different side of, you know, what a teenage uh, show was at the time, where, you know, usually a teenage show would be like, okay, we have a main character who's like really ditzy or very bubbly, but no, she's like really deadpan and just seeing the world as, superficial and just uh you know filled with people who just care about popularity and stuff like that and it was it was pretty refreshing when it first came out at the time usually in a tv show that was made for you know teenagers and adults it would be kind of like you know really over the top or kind of like oh okay we know that this is like geared towards like dumb teenagers but for the most part, it was like pretty mature and it was able to transcend into some pretty great episodes and really great moments. And as we mentioned about a few years ago, that they're going to be bringing Daria back with the spinoff series focusing on Jody of all people. So, yeah, yeah I, I really love Daria. It's one of my favorite shows and I really do um, enjoy it. Actually, I, this is probably unpopular, but I'm, I'm, I don't care. I'm going to say it. I actually like this show more than Beavis and Butthead. Yeah, I mean, like, well, Beavis and Butthead, I mean, up until recently, like, uh, you know, you've noticed that they've actually made Beavis and Butthead give more dialogue and, like, uh, they've tried to make them more, uh, you know, di you know, dynamic in their character. And they didn't really have that back in the original 90s series. If you, you know, it was just it was just them basically just kind of like, you know, we're ripping on, like, you know, modern, you know, uh, or past cultures pretty much and yeah. so like they, that was sort of like their thing and then so re only recently they decided like you know start rising in a bit more and uh, that's you know rubbed some uh, you know fans of the original show the wrong way and it's uh, you know it's been praised by you know newer f fans of the show but uh, I mean like uh, yeah I mean uh, Daria but here's the thing the one thing I, I always say about shows like Daria shows like Hey Arnold is like you know you can have like a neutral like protagonist who like where you know she's like the normal one and, like everyone all the other crazy people around her are basically the ones that are moving the show effectively yeah. and like you know shows like Hey Arnold shows like Daria are perfect examples of where you can write shows like that where you know the craziness and the, and the, and the zaniness goes on around the character and the character effectively is a representation of it can be a representation of you you know reacting to like uh, what else is going on in this pretty much so like mm -hmm. uh, you know I think it's uh, I think you know they've obviously you know I, I mean you could also say the same thing somewhat about South Park in a way but I mean like you know uh, unfortunately so you know you have characters like Cartman and Kenny and like various like who like, react with like you know the, the the shit that goes on around them you know obviously so South Park's not really a good example of that but Daria is you know mm -hmm. and so you know I think uh, you know Daria is a great show in, in regards I, to I, like I, that. I, really I think I, and it definitely fits the MTV culture that was around at the time yeah, it does. And not only that, but they also feature music that, unfortunately, if you were able to purchase the DVD of Daria, they removed all of the music, with the exception of the theme song. Uh, but the reason why was because of, you know, major music licensing issues. But man, it really sucks because even though that, you know, it was music that was like reflecting the 90s, every single song that they did choose for the series, it was able to fit with whatever was going on with the scene. Um, it you know, watching the original um, was, you know, you got to actually feel that 90s culture. But if you watch the DVD version where they actually do play in like the stock music, it just it's just not the same. Yeah. Mind you, there is a little bit of a reason why. Uh, you know, here's the thing. I think Daria is a really great show. I used to watch it back in the day, but uh, there is a tiny reason why I don't like it. <laughs> 
<laughs> and you probably okay, guess what but... it is. Well, I All mean, right. do you remember when uh, Craig Barlow tried to pitch the Patakis to MTV? And MTV oh, turned around to him okay, and said, oh, it's too much it. like Daria, so we don't want it. Right. Yeah, right. it's like, yeah, Daria, unfortunately, is the reason we don't have the Patakis. <laughs> In a way. I mean, that was when he was pitching it over to MTV, but, but the reason why was be, he pitched it to MTV was because Nickelodeon was saying, no, this is too dark for kids. Yeah, but that's, so re- Nickelodeon but, picked, but that's the reason why he took it to MTV. It in the first place. Yeah, but if Nickelodeon would have picked it up in the first place, we still would have had the Patakis. Yeah, I mean, even then, like, you know, some of like the, uh, I believe, you know, Craig wanted to take, you know, um, the, you know, the Hey Arnold story into a more mature direction. Keep this in mind, you know, Helga would have been older at this point. Like, you know, she would have been going through like her awkward teenage phase at this point. Arnold also would have been, you know, gone to San Lorenzo with his parents. And so, you know, they'd be out of the scene. So it would have been insinuated that, you know, Helga was going for a breakup at that point so mm-hmm. she had that on top of everything else as well so i think you know and also she was going to go through more of like hell it'd be more hell going the couch episodes as well pretty much like you know she would still have that relationship with a counselor at that point so like you know it would have gone into more darker territory than probably hey arnold would have been it, but you know i know in a way you know for the 6 to 11 demographic and for where helga would have been at that point i sort of agree where nickelodeon is coming from like maybe mm-hmm. if, like you know a teen nick was probably more prevalent at that point maybe maybe they probably could have like yeah. de- that at that point or maybe they could have maybe they could have done it for like the paramount channel maybe like you know have it have it when you know at the same time when sister sister was becoming a bit more mature you know like yeah, I, 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 I unfortunately know. Uh, when when craig was pitching it none of that stuff existed exactly yeah so like it was still pretty much in the uh you know uh, the embryonic stage at that point you know and uh helga you know the 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 patakis just wasn't going to be you know have a place in that yet unfortunately so it made sense for Craig to go to MTV and pitch that but unfortunately Daria was there so yeah exactly yeah. yeah and Daria would be there from 97 all the way to 2002 and this was around when um Daria was doing the specials and focusing on Daria going over to college after she graduated from Lawndale High <laughs> So, yeah, I, I was shocked when I heard the news a few years ago when we did Erin and Patricia about that. They're going to be bringing Daria back, but instead of Daria, it's going to be focusing on Jody. which I was thinking, wow, out of all the characters to be focused on, you have the class president of Lawndale High being the focus as opposed to, like, uh, let's see, maybe, like, bringing back Daria herself or maybe even Jane. But, no, I guess Jody is the one we're going to be getting the focus on. Well, I mean, here's the thing, like, like, you know, Jody, um, in regards to all of this, you know, being the class president and stuff like that, like, you know, Joey Landon is going to be, you know, um, he's going to have a lot of stories to tell. I think in, the, in in this new variation, I believe, because you know, I yeah. mean, look at all the controversies that are currently going around in schools at the moment, and look at all the controversies that are currently going around in like in college life and stuff. Like, you know, there's a big, massive debate going on about education and, and you know uh, what it's like to be you know a, a young person in America right now. And uh, I think you know Jody walking into this discussion, I think, will be very interesting. I think. Hmm. So when you put it that way, you actually do have a really good point. I would love to see a different take on it. Exactly. And also, like, if it's going to be set here in modern 2023, good grief, we're going to be in for some, like, very... Well, dare I say, maybe some very controversial episodes, uh, pretty much. Mm. So, like... Yeah. uh, This could be a show we could be talking about quite significantly. Oh, for sure. 
Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, you know, very similar to a lot of the revivals that were announced on Comedy Central, with the exception of, you know, Beavis and Butthead, they haven't been out yet, like Jody and even the Ren and Stimpy reboot, which, by the way, is still happening. So, yeah, we're, we're still waiting on that. Yeah, I think uh, at this point, I mean, it's just, it's, uh, mind you, like, uh, we, we know who the, who the hell Joe is over a set of Comedy Central, and that's South Park. So. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah, even still, twenty-five years later, whenever a um, a raunchy uh, adult cartoon comes out, South Park is still trumped every single one of them. It's bad by Fonzie, Patricia. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, happy twenty-six to Daria, and uh, we hope to um, you know see more adventures of Lawndale High pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, let's move on to uh, this bit of news. So, um, originally, the Super Mario uh, movie was supposed to be coming out on April 7th. It's now been moved to April 5th to the US and other 60 markets worldwide. Wow, I guess because if you remember that the Mario movie was delayed for an entire year... And I guess maybe they were able to finally finish everything enough so that they can be able to release it two days early. It's kind of weird, though, because, like, I mean, why would you move it from, you know, a Friday evening, you know, a Friday evening, you know, uh, to the middle of the week? Like, it's just, it's, because uh, April 5th is a Wednesday. And April, yeah, se- April, and April 7th was, April 7th was a Friday. Yeah, that is very interesting. Um, I mean, usually a Friday would be that, um, you know, the weekend is starting and everybody would be getting their tickets to see it like um, opening up. But yeah, I guess maybe they just want people to see it sooner. I mean, like, uh, I mean, it's, it is kind of strange. Like, uh, um, I mean, but in the middle of the week and uh, I mean, I mean, for me personally, I mean, like, you know, that's a week after payday pretty much. So mm-hmm. I guess like, you know, there is. You know, if people get paid like in the middle, you know, at the beginning of the month, I mean, obviously, you know, there is, you know, a couple of go see it, but uh, I mean, it's uh, it's going to be strange to say the least. I mean, to well, uh, I say- mean, I'm sure it'll be, yeah, I'm sure it's strange when it comes to that, but I'm sure for people, it's like, yes, it's releasing two days early. I get to be able to watch it, so I guess maybe this is kind of like saying, yes, I know we've delayed this movie, but you know, it was worth it. So because of that, we want to be able to release it a few days early so that you can be able to watch it. All right then. So, um, I guess, um, well, uh, besides that, I mean, obviously there's going to be a Nintendo Direct that's going to be coming out very soon. And, yes, there uh, is. Yeah. yeah, it's going to be coming out um, in, I think it's going to be coming out in a, in a few weeks. Yeah, exactly. To showcase... Um, and this is the final uh, trailer of uh, the Super Mario movie, so this will be like yes. the last thing that we'll see before, you know, we will then come out on April in April 7th, which by the way is very fitting because obviously, like, you know, the movie doesn't come out, you know, doesn't come out too long after that. So, exactly. uh, yeah. But, you know, like, I mean, we already kind of know what the story is already. It's the, it's the, it's the origin story of the Mario Brothers and, uh, you know, why Bowser, you know, aren't you, I still believe that this story still centers more around Bowser than it does surround by the Mario Brothers. M- maybe I might be wrong about that. You know, like, uh, maybe mm-hmm. they will focus more on, like, you know, our, our heroes. But uh, given the fact that, you know, um, the, the story seems to center more around, you know, Bowser being the antagonist and, like, his... You know, um, why is it that he does what he does? And, uh, I mean, also, keep this in mind. They brought Jack Black in for a reason, I believe. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, and also uh, we'll be talking about later like, later on in the show, like, you know, how uh, how uh, crazy his uh, promotions have been recently. But, uh, oh, I mean, you, the thing I would say about, you know, the fact that they brought in Jack Black, is keep this in mind, like, he was Poe from Kung Fu Panda. 
And, you know, mm-hmm. not only could he be comical in that role as Poe, he could also be emotional and he could also be angry and he could also, like, uh, have, you know, he, he did that range of emotions and uh, and a range of, like, you know, uh, what this character is, whether he be comedic or whether he be serious. And he's really good at doing that. And I believe he might, you know, we've seen Bowser as, like, you know, this angry, like, you know, dictator, like, kind of, like, thing so far. But uh, who knows? Maybe we might see more from Bowser in this movie. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, they're really pushing in Bowser, so I take it that he is going to be, like, a big part of this. So I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, sure, we'll get, like, the origin story of the Mario Brothers, but it's like you said before, you know, Bowser's probably going to be the highlight for a lot of people. Yeah, I really would be just like, you know, if uh, Mario, like, confronts Bowser and says, why are you doing all this? And uh, Bowser just says, I do it because I'm evil. And it's kind of like, well, that will be kind of, I mean, that would be oh, kind geez. of lame. We're going to have the Voltaire song. You know, it's like, I do this because I'm evil. Yeah, it's just this. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, really, I really hope they kind of develop Bowser a bit more. And I, I kind of think with Jack Black involved, I think they are going to. I think. That, that's just how I feel about it. But, I mean, don't let that to do with the fact that, you know, we have all our other Mario characters as well. By the way, I still hate this whole thing on Twitter. Like, if people saying, you know, Mario looks really weak in this movie, yada, yada, yada. It's like, this is an origin story. For goodness sake, this is Mario before he was, like, the hero who, like, conquered eight worlds. You know? Like, uh, before mm-hmm. he was, like, he was a plumber. Like, you know, he's not a plumber anymore in, in canon, in the Nintendo no, video game not. thing. Yeah, exactly. Like, so, I mean, um, this is when his, his, this is his humble origin story of him coming into the Mushroom Kingdom, being amazed at everything that he's seen, and then having to basically get used to this world, effectively. Mm-hmm. And it looks like we're going to get shades of Super Mario Brothers, uh, Smash Brothers from the looks of it, because obviously he goes on that one-on-one fight with Donkey Kong, and uh, then also Mario Kart too. So like, well, and uh, also the the Donkey Kong arcade game, and also even with the Super Mario Brothers Super Show, which is a surprise. Um, well, given the fact that Illumination are involved, that doesn't surprise me too much, because I could probably imagine a lot of animators in there are familiar with the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. So, I guess so. Yeah. I guess they had to. I guess maybe. I mean, I, I. I don't think Deke is around anymore. So maybe you know they were easily to get access to the music as opposed to like being sued for a company. I that might be wrong about in- this, but I think Deke Entertainment are now part of Cookie Jar. Unless I'm wrong. They are part of. They are part of Cookie Jar. Yes. Yeah. So and uh, who's Cookie Jar part of at the moment? Um, um, I think it's like DHX Media or something like that. Something like that, yeah. Like, I mean, if they had some kind of like involvement somehow with like, uh, you know, yeah, they, they do have an involvement of it. But that was when Deke got bankrupt and they were purchased over by these um, other entertainment studios in Canada. So yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, but yeah, I'm I mean, kind of thinking they have some kind of involvement with Universal somehow. I don't know. It's just it's. Uh, there's, it's not... I, I mean, as I mentioned earlier, if you remember when we saw that trailer, I mean, they were able to bring back Jeannie Elias, who was the voice of Princess Toadstool in Super Mario Brothers Super Show, and she is the voice of the customer who got help from the Mario Brothers. So there is some connection there. Yeah, exactly. So there's that, and so, uh, but I mean, going back to like the whole like story that we're gonna have. So I think you know. Also, we got. You know, Princess Peach. And by the way, like, I'm really glad that they made a, you know, kick ass in the very beginning of all of this. And uh, I-, I guarantee you, like, you know, this isn't, I mean, obviously she's going to be strong, I think, in the first, like, first two acts of the movie. But then I think in the final acts of the movie, she's going to get kidnapped and Mario has to save the day. I personally mm-hmm. think that's where it's going. I think. But, uh, right. cause like, you know, if, if she wasn't like, you know, a strong monarch, how enough was she able to like, you know, take over the mushroom? I mean, how enough was she able to rule the mushroom kingdom? You know, like, well, I mean, from it, her from her father, of course. Well, I mean, you know, yeah, but it, it makes was... it makes sense for her to have strength as well. You know. 
Yeah, exactly. And we have seen that strength in recent video games like Super Princess Peach for the Nintendo DS. And then there was Super Mario 3D World where she was able to play alongside with Mario, Luigi and Toad. And even as far back in 1988, where she was one of the main characters in Super Mario Brothers 2. And she was like, for a lot of people, the best character because she can be able to jump really far. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, she is, you know, a strong character. And Miyamoto never saw her as like a weak, you know, damsel in distress. He always saw her as a character of strength. So I see that we're going to be getting that element into the movie. Exactly. So, um, I mean, dare I say, maybe then in that case, it's probably, well, mind you, you saw like the whole Mario Kart scene like, on Rainbow Road and stuff like that. So like, it's, yes. not, it's not just going to be, you know, Mario, Luigi, Prin- you know, Princess Peach and Toad. It's going to be, you know, virtually everybody who's involved in the Mario universe pretty much, I think, at this point. Like, uh, hmm, you, know. you, th- you think so? Maybe. I like, mean, one thing I would, could do, like, you know, once they've defeated, once they defeated Bowser, maybe, if, I don't know, maybe they may, maybe like, Bowser might get away, and like, that'll be like the thing for the sequel, maybe. That'll never happen. So, like, like the first movie. <laughs> but, yeah. You know, you know what would be kind of interesting? Like, you know, um, what if they defeated Bowser in the first movie, and then they left, like, a little, like, uh, you know, cliffhanger for, like, the fact that Wario could be the second movie? Ooh, that would be really cool. You get to see. I'll be. I would love to see Wario in a, in a sequel. I mean, like uh, it would make sense. I think you know. It's like it, say, would, it would make know, a lot of sense. To yes. tease the audience, to say like, you know, hey, if you uh, you pay up all this money for the first movie, you can get Wario, who's like the second, you know, is the the second villain, you know, in the, in, yeah, in the that's, sequel. That's true. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, it would be like um, Super Mario Land. Um, what was it? Three? Uh, oh no, it's two. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, Super Mario Land two, in which you actually got to defeat Wario in the castle. So yeah, yeah, I, I think that'd be uh, pretty cool. Yeah, so I think uh, this movie has got everything going for it, effectively. Like, yeah. you know, it's got great voice actors, it's got great animation, it's got two, you know, re- you know, reliable companies, I would say. I mean, obviously it's got Nintendo, which is like, you know, the, the ultimate juggernaut in uh, in entertainment, pretty much for video games, I must stress. But then you've got Illumination, well, let's be honest with you, Illumination is just making, you know, your, your run-of-the-mill, like, an- you know, 3D animated movies. They're, I guarantee you, like, a lot of, like, the uh, the, the overexcertedness that's uh, Illumination going to display in this is going to be shown through Miyamoto and shown through like you know the fact that Nintendo will be keeping him on short leash this entire time I think you know like mm-hmm. uh, and who knows maybe this might be what Illumination might do in the future maybe they might sit around and say okay then well this has worked out really really well for us better than like, or all the other movies so let's continue teaming up with other you know uh, properties to like you know bring their movies to life in our Illumination style Yeah, I mean, sure, marketing-wise and business-wise, that would be the viable thing to do, but creatively-wise, it would be just brain-dead. Well, it really depends what they bring to life, you know? Like, uh, I'm trying to think, uh, you know, uh, what... uh, I mean, don't, don't get me wrong, like, you know, Mr. Clean the Movie sounds, like, really terrible. I mean, like, <laughs> we already had that with food fights, so uh, don't give them ideas. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, it's just, it's, uh, but you know, like, uh, I mean, what are the, like, properties you know, that you have yet to be given, like, uh, the game treatment, like, you know, uh, could especially come around the line? I mean, like, I mean, Sega are already going down that route with, like, you know, with a movie company already. It's like, we, we, we talk about Comic Zone, uh, you know, uh, yeah, it's yeah, Comic Zone, week. yeah. Exactly, yeah. So, I mean, they're already, you know, they've already got, you know, a, a place to go in regards to making other movies. And I'm trying to think, what else, where else, do, I mean, also Nintendo like they're not going to be teaming up with Illumination again after this. I think they've basically got their experience doing movies, and now Nintendo Pictures is going to be the next thing. I think that they're yeah. going to focus on. So I guess I mean, do Illumination just kind of keep doing their own thing? I guess, and uh, you know, they'll kind of like scatter in like you know your occasional Sing sequel and occasional Minions movie. 
I guess. I, I mean, that's what they're doing at this point already. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, or will they actually decide to say, oh, hey, this has worked out pretty well. Oh, hey, let's go make this movie and let's see if this, uh, you know, intellectual property is going to be interested in doing this. I mean, yeah, who knows? They maybe, maybe, they, maybe they again. might do Minecraft the movie. I don't know. Mm, like, uh, maybe. You could I see mean, it, couldn't you? Yeah, I, I'm. You know what? Maybe that'll be their next thing. Maybe Minecraft will get its own movie soon. Or maybe they might, like, you know, say to Nintendo, look, please don't leave. Do Zelda, you know, or like do Star Fox or do F Zero. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Where, where's the Donkey Kong sequel? Uh, well, actually, I'll tell you what, the Donkey Kong movie could be the next thing, maybe. Hmm. Yeah, I, I guess we'll have to wait for Wario just a little bit longer. Mm, we'll see. Uh, let's see how well Super Mario the movie does, and let's see where we're at. Okay, then. Cool. Right. Okay, so yeah, let's go over to our next bit of news. So, uh, Bernie Mattinson. Now, I don't really know too much about um, him, so wh why don't you describe it, Aaron? Uh, you don't know much about him? Well, I mean, like, have you seen pretty much uh, all the classic, you know, Disney uh, projects that he's been involved in? Well, like I mean, a... I know, I, I know what he's done, but I don't know. I, 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 well, yeah, he's been a great anime. Like he was involved in Mickey's Christmas Carousel. He was involved in the Great Mouse Detective. He was involved in Mickey's Magical Christmas. You know, where he he did the Black Cauldron. I mean, let, let's be honest about that. And uh, then you know, but there's been other great things that he's done as well. He's done Fox and the Hound, The Rescuers, uh, you know, The Prince and the Pauper. You know, that short, if you remember, like uh, you know, he's well, yeah, been, I, I know that he, he's done a lot of the Disney stuff, but I guess I I didn't really know too much about him outside of just the Disney stuff. Well, he was employed by Disney in 1953, and uh, he was also an inductee in the Disney Legends program back in 2008. So, like, yeah. know, he, he's one of, like, you know, the biggest... He's one of the legendary animators for uh, uh, for for, uh, for Bernie. They made a... They did, a, like, a video tribute for him on the uh, on the Twitter on the Twitter channel. Uh, yeah, I remember well. seeing that, yeah. Yeah, so... Um, so I, he, I mean, it's, it, it's really sad to see all of these, uh, you know, legends going because, you know, he was with Disney since the 1950s. He was trained alongside with the nine old men and... Well, not only really that, the, like, we, you know, when he first joined, he actually met Walt He actually met Walt Disney and he addressed him as Mr. Disney and uh, then, uh, well, you know, Walt uh, turned around and said, please, call me Walt. <laughs> <laughs> he seemed like that. He seems like that kind of guy. It's like, he is, you know, yeah. He yeah, he doesn't seem like the kind of guy who's like, oh, you must address me as Mr. Disney. It's like, I don't, I don't really see that. That would be like kind of strange, wouldn't you think, of Mr. Disney? That would be yeah, that would be really odd, yeah. Yeah, it's like, you know, it's, everything's named after Disney, so then he's Mr. Disney. Like, just like, exactly. I, 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 yeah, I can understand why they want to call him Walt. You know, like, uh, yeah, that, that's yeah. the kind of guy he was. But, you know, like, uh, he, he 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 basically was for, I mean, for better or for worse. Like, here's the thing. Like, you know, unfortunately, Bernie came in at a time, you know, uh, when Disney, you know, wasn't doing so hard. And, uh, but mind you, he did work his ass off to basically keep Disney afloat to, uh, I mean... Um, he did do like some of the some of the bigger things, you know, that uh, you know um, did kind of stand out at the time when Disney wasn't really, you know, finding too many too many hot things to talk about. Pretty yeah, much. Yeah, that is true. I mean, even though that he did get his training around the fifties during the Silver Era, a lot of the work that he was doing was more or less during the Bronze Era. So you got your black cauldrons you got your um uh I, I guess you could say that the one thing that he was able to do that a lot of people seem to remember him was uh mickey's christmas carol where he was the director and the producer of it which eventually led him to be the director of the great mouse detective so yeah he was able to you know go from being an in-betweener on lady and the tramp to being a director so i guess you could see how far he had gone in his career yeah i mean he gave a scrooge mcduck i mean like yeah. who, who then went to be who went to do his own series called Ducktales. 
and uh, yeah, then well, I then mean, Karl a- Barks technically, you know, did the comics in the '40s, and he was in a few shorts. But yeah, I mean, it was the one that pretty much like popularized him into doing more animated adaptations. Yeah, exactly. And so, but I, I guarantee, you, I think if it wasn't for Mickey's Christmas Carol, I think uh, we wouldn't have had Scrooge. I don't think you know later on in uh, mm. in, in TV series. I think that's just me. But. Okay. Yeah, and also another thing that um, you know he did, like he was a storyboard artist for a lot of the uh, the Renaissance films, uh, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, The Lion King, um, and then he was also working on Dumble Two before that was canceled by Lasseter. So yeah, I, I think one of the last things that he did right before he officially retired was that uh, he was doing the story supervising on uh, Winnie the Pooh, and then he did the he was the story artist on Strange World. I think that was his, that was his last work right he before he died. Yeah, and uh, I mean it's um, it's not necessarily a movie I would have liked to have gone out on, but uh, I mean like uh, then it's like his work is pretty much you know um, there for everyone to see and. And, uh, yeah, again, he was uh, a big part of the Renaissance era, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, but, you know, like, uh, the fact that, uh, you know, his uh, whole legacy now has spanned, you know, all the way from, like, you know, the 50s all the way to, like, you know, the 2020s, pretty much, like, yeah, uh, you know, yeah, people, mean... people don't realize how big his uh, contributions to uh, to cinema actually are, I think, yeah. uh, with that, so, yeah, so, uh, our condolences to his friends, his family, and his fans, and uh, to all the Disney fandom, pretty much at this point. Like, uh, we we have lost a true talent in in Bernie. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just wish that, uh, you know, his story would have been, you know, showcased more. Because, you know, you, you, you have your, like, big animators that uh, a lot of people from Disney know about. You have your Floyd Normans, you have your Eric Goldbergs, but... You know, Bernie always seemed to be like that, you know, story artist or that in-betweener or the director that's always been kind of like um, behind the scenes, but never really much of um, of a major like name. Unless, of course, if you are like a hardcore Disney animated nut. Well, so, I mean, yeah. he's, he's still appreciated. That's the, that's that's of the course, best thing. I mean, the, the, the one thing Ever, the one thing that Disney could have done, but you know, like, they did like a whole video package for him, which I think was really sweet sweet of, the, of Disney to do. Like the the one thing they could have just did, is done is like you know just acknowledge him in a, in, a, in a press release somewhere, like on on the on one of their back websites. But they didn't. Like they said, they they paid some very good tribute to him. I I think, and so that yeah. Was yeah, really and other than his um, win on as a Disney legend, I mean, yeah, that th- th- they should have done a tribute to him much earlier. Uh, well, I mean, I mean, obviously, it's uh, I mean the fact that they pay tribute to him now. I think that now that he's you know he's gone, I think it shows how much he's going to be missed. Absolutely. So, yeah. All, All right. right. So, do you want to talk, you want to talk about yeah. this next story, uh, which is um, I mean, the, this reminds me of what happened to Atari back in the oh, day. Boy. Like, is it on that scale? Do you think this story or I mean, with Atari, I mean, it was going through a major video game crash because it was just a glut of so many video games that were of very, very low quality. And it wasn't to the point in which none of it was selling. It was just basically like putting into, you know, warehouses filled with the stuff that nobody was buying. And so they were like, yeah, let's just dump it. It was to the point in which that... Um, you know, it was like a rumor for decades until it was finally confirmed, like over 50 years later. I mean, and it was, you know, kind of partially thanks to the angry video game nerd movie that we were able to actually see the E.T. being, you know, um, found in the dumpster in New Mexico. So I guess you could say that... Um, uh, it's kind of like a similar situation, but not really much so. So this is an article from Kotaku. 
the Funko company had revealed during an earnings call that it had so much stock setting in warehouses that financially its best option was to throw 30 to 36 million dollars worth in the trash. Inventory at year's end total at 246 million dollars, an increase of 48 percent compared to a year ago. This includes inventory that the company intends to eliminate in the first half of 2023 to reduce fulfillment costs by managing inventory levels to align with the operating capacity of our distribution center. This is to be expected to write uh, a result in a write down of the first half to 30 to 36 million dollars. So, yeah, they have so much excess stock of a lot of things that they decided to throw it away. And some of the figurines include Marvel characters, Star Wars characters, Game of Thrones, Harry Potter, DC, and even the more obscure series such as the NBA icons, the ad icons, the pets icons, and Conan O'Brien. And then there's also the figures that are releasing this month um, that um, are going to be released so that they can be able to make way for those and then just dump the other ones away. So the new stuff that they're making focus on is the glow-in-the-dark Shazam, the 1989 Batman, Walt Disney on a Train, and more. So, yeah, it looks like uh, they're doing pretty well, but, you know, they want to release some other stuff. So they decided that the stuff that is not, uh, you know, selling very well and because they're full to the brim in their warehouses, they decided that it would be better for them to throw it out, which is a waste. Yeah, like it's just uh, this is just I can't believe well, I guess I can't believe it in some way. And uh, it's funny because you know, some people on, the, on social media saying, you know, all these Funko Pops end up in landfills someday. Uh, pretty much, like, you know, it's just, unless you're, like, you know, a hardcore collector of them, which, you know, it's uh, someone who, like, you know, has a very, you know, limited space, I can't understand where you would put all your Funko Pops, but that's just me. Uh, but, uh, I mean, here's the thing about this, like, you know, it's just, it's, uh, the, uh, why can't you, is there no ability to recycle these things? Yeah, why, why couldn't they recycle them, or why couldn't they just give it away to, um, you know, to children's hospitals, or Toys for Tots, or, uh, you know, to, you know, kids who don't have access to getting their own toys, but some people argue that the reason why they haven't been doing it is because that the profit would plummet, so they're willing to do that as opposed to, like, making their products seem cheaper if they're just giving away the stuff for free. Okay, tell you what, I'm actually looking at it, I'm actually looking at it on the, on the support website for Funko, yeah. Yeah, they have some. Okay. They have support. Apparently, they have technical support for Funko Pops. Right. Sure. Okay. So, um, here's the thing. Three years ago, they they asked the question, "Can I recycle Funko products?" And this is what they said: "Remove and discard the window before recycling the cardboard of any residential or, or commercial facility. The figures and box uh, window may be recyclable depending on the f- facility. Uh, inquire with your local waste management office in regards to recycling uh, PVC components." So, um, apparently, so the, the cardboard box is recyclable, but apparently you have to consult with your local waste managers whether actually the Funko Pops themselves are, um, uh, you know, recyclable or not. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. Okay, like, so you're trying to I, tell me that the boxes are recyclable, but not the figurines themselves. Well, apparently they're saying consult your local... <laughs> Your local waste management to see whether they're actually disposable or not. Well, given the fact well, that they're taking a bunch of stuff and sticking it in a giant landfill, <laughs> apparently they, they've already answered that question for us already with their actions. I guess so. they did. Oh, boy. This is... this is yeah. I, I knew there was a reason not to get these freaking things. Like, uh, I mean, I have four, but only because I got them as gifts. I didn't buy them on my own volition. I'll tell you what, I'll put my foot in my mouth now because I gave you one, didn't I? I realize. <laughs> oh, you gave me the uh, the Mega Man one, right? I'm part of the problem. 
Uh, <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, you know what? It was still a nice gift, though. Yeah, it is. Just, uh, I'm just so sorry that you won't be able to recycle it. So. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. I mean, I'll just do what everybody else does, and I'll just have it on display and never play with it, which I don't think you do. I mean, I think they're just I there just for... Realize, well, I just realized, I mean, given the fact that they've made so many of these things, will they actually gain in value as, the, as, as, as time goes on? Oh. Um, well, that's a good question. I mean, I don't know what I, I mean, we already discussed about that the ones that they are planning on throwing out were like Marvel, DC, Harry Potter and stuff like that. So, I mean, I take it that if um, they do eventually go up in value because you can't find them on the stores anymore, maybe. I mean, usually if you, you, imagine, know, you imagine be... like you know, decades down the line, you got like, you know, all these desperate people like digging for Funko Pops in landfills. No. Oh, my gosh. Oh, good grief. Like you know that. what? I wouldn't be surprised if that were the case in which, like, maybe one of the Funko Pops they tossed away was, like, exclusive to a convention because there are those, you know, some that are exclusive only to San Diego Comic-Con or those that are only exclusive to a a store like Hot Topic or, um, you know, FYE. Uh, if they throw those away, then you can bet that somebody's going to be able to dig them out of, the, uh, out of a landfill to try to find them. Yeah, it's just it's... Uh... Oh, uh, good grief, like, you know, we never learn as a species, do we? Like, you know, first there was Atari, and I guarantee, like, there's been other, like, this isn't the only thing, I, mean, I think Amazon were accused of, like, you know, throwing new stuff away as well, I think. Uh, so, it's like, it's not a new thing what they're doing, but uh, good grief. Like, you know, just this, uh, you know, I'm really surprised, you know, Funko isn't going to, like, receive some kind of penalty for doing this. Like, uh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised too, but then again, you know, it's, it's not too surprising at the same time. Good grief. $30 million worth of merchandise. Yes. $30 million. Yeah. You ever seen that? You ever seen that? Uh, uh, you ever seen the ad with, like, you know, where, like, a, a piece of paper is discarded and, like, there's, like, a Native American, like, crying? You oh, gosh. You remember yes, that one? I, like, I, yeah. I remember that one. He's he's probably had a heart attack since then. I probably imagine. <laughs> I want to see an updated version of that commercial. It's like, you know, we have, um, you know, this company who's dumping away like thirty million dollars of worth of. Oh, I bet you, I bet you, there's parodies all over YouTube. And then we have that same actor who played as that Native American just shed a tear in his face. I don't know. Like, is he? I mean, he was. He was. He was how old was he when he made that? When he made that ad? I don't know. Probably in his forties. Oh uh, yeah. Like, I mean, is he still around? Oh, okay. I don't know, actually. That's a great question. Yeah, we'll Google that later on. But anyway, yeah, um, we'll Google that later on. <laughs> let's move on. Let's move on to Detective Pikachu, uh, because yes, let's do so. Uh, so, I mean, to be honest with you, this news isn't surprising, but you know, a sequel to Detective Pikachu is in the works. So, like, uh, it's uh, um, it's following on from you know the uh, live action, I guess you could say, you know, Pokemon movie that we got, and uh, yes. so yeah, I mean, like, based uh, off of the video game that came out, based off of yeah, the 3DS video game of Detective Pikachu that was originally released in Japan and then years later was eventually released here in the States and I guess it became so popular that it decided to make it into a movie and you know funny enough no Detective Pikachu sequel on the Switch or anything like that but I guess the sequel be of the movie will be coming first yeah and uh, well who knows maybe Nintendo might make a tie-in 
I think. So, like, there's still a possibility for that. And so, but... Uh, if I mean, they would have made a tie-in for the movie, we would have heard about that a lot sooner, maybe in during the Pokemon Presents. Well, I mean, like, keep in mind, like, this has just been announced, and it takes years to make movies. So, like... Uh, I guess we, it's we, true. Uh, we've not seen a trailer yet or anything like that. That's the reason why it's sort of kind of like... It, we, we knew it was going to happen, but we're just letting you know now it's been announced. But as far as in regards to details, I mean, I, I think we're still a bit thin on the ground on that at the moment, are we? Yeah, it's... Uh, the only thing that we know of is two things. One... It's been announced, and two, we know who the director's going to be. So it's going to be Jonathan Crystal, who is the co-creator of a show called Portlandia. It's not directed by Rob Letterman, who directed the first movie. So, yeah, uh, this is from an article from Deadline. So the only thing that is announced is that, um, you know, he's going to be directing this movie, and he was known for not only co-creating, writing, and executive producing Portlandia, but he also co-created, directed, and wrote Basket, starring uh, Zach Galifianakis, and he also in was included in writing uh, Kings of Summer. So, yeah, we don't know if Ryan Reynolds is going to return as Pikachu. We don't know about anything of the source. This is all we know of for now. Yeah. But, you know, it's exciting times for Pokemon fans because, you know, Desert Pikachu actually went down very well. So. It did went down very well, and it was uh, one of the highest grossing movies based off of a video game. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and also, yeah, I, think so I saw Detective Pikachu as one of the movies I saw when coming over to the States, you know, on, 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 the, uh, on the plane. And mm -hmm. uh, as far as I'm aware, I enjoyed it. So, like, okay. it was, uh, yeah, so it was a ride. And, uh, I mean, I've got to be honest with you, I probably have to go, go and see it again, I think, at one point. Because, uh, I mean, I don't remember, like, all the details uh, of that. Like, uh, but, uh, I mean, I don't remember it being very entertaining at the time. So, uh, okay, then. Yeah. The, the, yeah, maybe, the mime scene was funny. Watch. The mime scene was hilarious. But, uh, Mr. Mime, yeah. Yeah, Mr. Mime. <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, I'm, so, I'm sorry, everybody. This is all we pretty much know about it for now, so... Um, but it's exciting news, yeah. regardless, so, like, yeah, it's worth still worth a mention, so... Absolutely, yeah, it is worth a mention. Yeah. Okay, right, so, so... this, is, oh, so sorry. this <laughs> is one that you really were curious as to um, when you first told me about this. The the seven fairy tale princesses so, are still yeah, um, I was. Um, I mean, I get articles recommended to me or, you know, uh, quite a bit of the time. And uh, I can't remember exactly who recommended this to me, but uh, they uh, Screen Rant did a article this week for the seven fairy tale princesses that still need Disney adaptations. So uh, Disney princesses such as Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty, and Snow White are based based on all fairy tales, as we know. Uh, but there are yep. some that have yet to have been covered. So um, we're going to go through seven of them, and uh, we're going to see what we think. So um, shall we go through them all and see what we come up with? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Number one, By the way, this isn't in like in a list or anything like that. It's not like a top ten or anything like that. It's more like, here are seven princesses that have yet to get Disney movies. So, uh, okay, then. The first one's a bit controversial, because technically you could say now this is a Disney movie. It's Anastasia. Well, okay, it's complicated because <laughs> it was based off of a 20th Century Fox movie. So, as you guys know, um, if you guys have listened to my podcast where we did the um, the uh, the Fox Animation Studios trilogy, this was one of the ones that Dom Bluth did. So, after the failure of Pebble and the Penguin and his studio uh, shut down, he then collaborated with Fox to do all of these movies to kind of like ride on the coattails of Disney's popularity. So 
he and Gary Goldman worked in Fox and they did two movies. Well, technically three, because one of them was directed, directed video. So one of them that was hands down the most successful movie of any Don Bluth movie he has ever done, like by a long shot, is Anastasia. And it's based off of the true story about how in 1916, the Romanov family were killed off. And there's rumors that the last of the Romanovs, Anastasia, is still alive. So... It's kind of it's going to be a bit of a controversial one because again this is based off of a true story and no spoilers by the way Anastasia does not survive she is actually killed off with the rest of her family so Disney finds something this horrific is going to be pretty tough especially since it was at a di a decade in which when you know the Russians were pretty much ruling with an iron fist and a lot of people were starving and they just couldn't take the fact that they were um you know being ruled by something that they felt that you know wasn't taking care of them anymore and so they actually killed off the royal family and then Unfortunately, this was around the time in which Stalin pretty much took over, so everything became worse. Yeah, <laughs> Communism, exactly. am I right? Yeah. Anyway, so, yeah, this will be very controversial. I mean, it's kind of like what people said about uh, Pocahontas. Uh, here's the thing, like, I, I don't think they could do it today. Like, they you cannot. Know, they, they can't, like, you know, look at what's happening in Ukraine right now. Like, you know, look at where Russia's a pariah at this point. Like, you know, it's just, it's, yeah. uh, any positive stories that they could do about Russia, I guarantee you, they will not be done now. Like it's just it's uh, yeah that, that was why for a while that Anastasia was removed from Disney Plus exactly yeah like it's just it's uh, again I I can't actually I'll tell you what actually, I think Anastasia's still like on the British version of Disney Plus I think I might be wrong oh, okay. about that but so hang on a second let me just let me tell you what I'm actually funny enough uh, we're going to be doing our spoiler section for Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur and it's funny enough I'm actually still locked into Disney Plus because of that so oh, cool. uh, <laughs> let me let me just uh, check that out you know Anastasia's still on uh, Disney Plus for the UK at least. So okay, then. it's still available, like uh, for whatever for for whatever reason. But uh, sure. Yeah. Anyway, but mind you, even then, like even you know, putting controversies aside, do we really want to see a Disney version of Anastasia? Absolutely not. Also, they they do it live action as well, and it'd be terrible. Like, uh, uh, well, I mean, here's the thing: we already have the stage show, so if you want to see a live action version of. Um, you know, the Fox Animation Studios film, then watch the stage show. I would just say that. Okay. Right, the next one is and, fun, but... By the way, uh, sorry, go on. I was going to say that this is not a fairy tale. This is based off of a true story, so I don't think it counts. Okay, right. Um, the next uh, Disney Princess adaptation we haven't seen of this character is Thumbelina. Okay, so this is another one that Don Bluth was involved in. So, again, around the early 90s, this was around the time in which when Don Bluth had seen, yeah, this was around the time in which Disney was starting to be in their renaissance phase. So, yeah, this was Thumbelina. And funny enough, I mean, you have a lot of uh, sim similar elements to a lot of Disney movies that were out at the time, such as Jody Benson was the voice of Thumbelina, who is the voice of Ariel and the Little Mermaid. And then you have uh, Gilbert Gottfried. You have a lot of songs. One of them was sung by Charo, of all people. Mm. And, um, yeah, and then, of course, you have one of the worst songs that a lot of people said Marry the all the time, which was Marry the Mole. Oh, yeah. good grief. That, 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 yeah, that lit, some strange reason, every time someone reminds me of that, it just, like, moves back into my brain and lives rent-free there for, like, you know, a good while until I get it evicted by slamming my head against the wall a couple of times. Yeah, but, yeah. It's, it's just basically saying, oh, don't worry about the person that you love. Marry for money. Marry because you want to be stable in your life. 
Yeah, that sends a very. It, wrong it makes sense if, like, you know, but you know, the, the the characters in these in this movie are so confusing that, like, you know, because the uh, the mouse. Who, I keep forgetting the character of the mouse who sings that song, but uh, you know, like, Mrs. Field Mouse. Uh, Mrs. Field Mouse. Like, you know, you don't know where she's somewhat at. Of like, you know, whether she has, you know, she definitely doesn't have Fumbelina's best intentions because of that thing, or like, you don't know no, whether. No, not at all. Yeah, not at ex all. exactly. Yeah, so like, uh, Mrs. Field Mouse is. Uh, it would make sense if like this was a villain song. I guess, but uh, I mean, you kind of didn't know where to put your finger at with Mrs. Fieldmouse. You know, you, you know, like. I mean, uh, the, the whole thing about Mrs. Fieldmouse was that she found Thumbelina frozen in the winter snow because Giacomo was injured. Uh, by the way, um, you know, just want to let you know about the story for those who haven't seen it. Anyway, so yeah, Giacomo is a pigeon and who's, uh, you know, tells Thumbelina to follow her heart and she'll be able to go back home and stuff like that. So yeah, so Thumbelina is trying to find Cornelius, who is the um, the one who is the prince of the fairies. And, you know, she falls in love with him and then they get separated. And so she's trying to find Cornelius. And then along the way, you know, it takes like months, even a whole year until they finally find each other. And uh, during winter, when they got separated, Mrs. Fieldmouse found her in the snow and brought her in. And then she reveals to Thumbelina that he's dead when he, you know she found him frozen in the lake. And then she's like really devastated about it. And then she says, well, let's um, let's go over to Mr. Mole's house, and, you know, because he's really rich and has a lot of money and stuff like that, but he's blind and he needs somebody to take care of him. And so... And here's the idea about like, okay, we have uh, Mr. Mole falling in love with Umbelina. By the way, I mean, there's like a whole love triangle thing going on. Well, I would say love square because there's not only Mr. Mole and Cornelius, but there's also the Toad that falls in love with Thumbelina who... Um, you know, Mrs. Toad, who's voiced by Charo, wants uh, Thumbelina to hook up with her son. So, yeah, that whole mess is going on. And yeah. then you have, then, and also mix up with Gilbert Gottfried Beetle, who wants her to star in his show. Um, then all of a sudden, her dress falls out, and then everybody just calls her ugly because she's not a Beetle. So yeah. I just, uh, yeah, the whole thing was just, you know, uh, a complete clusterfuck, effectively. It, it, it is one of the worst of Don Bluth movies. It's not as bad, I would say, as maybe like. Rockadoodle, but it's it, it's blatant of what it's trying to be. It is trying to be a Disney movie, but failing. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, by the way, before it was a Dom Luth movie, it was a Hans Christian Andersen. You know. Uh, yes, you know, that, that, that's exactly what they're. That's the whole thing. Is that hey, let's adapt a Hans Christian Andersen story into a movie. They did the same thing with the Little Mermaid, in which that was based off of a Hans Christian Andersen story. Which, by the way, if you're a hardcore Disney fan, you would know about this, but. Hans Christian Andersen stories were going to be adapted all the way back in the 30s when Disney and MGM collaborated with them uh, together when, you know, they were going to do the live action portion and Disney was going to do the animated portion. But then that whole thing fell through uh, due to multiple reasons. But yeah, they brought it back over 70 years later so that they can be able to have the Disney version that we know of today. And that was the one that kicked off the Disney Renaissance, which is one of the reasons why that, you know, Thumbelina exists in the first place because yeah. they wanted to catch lightning in a bottle. I would argue if uh, Disney brought back Fumbelina today, I think they could probably do a, a better telling of this story than, dare I say, like, you know, whatever Don Bluth did with it. So, I agree. Yeah, okay. So, well, I think that's one more thing we could agree on. If they brought back Fumbelina, and mind you, um, we'll, we'll see. Anyway, yeah. um, the next one in this list is The Wild Swan Princess. 
Um, oh, geez. The Swan Princess, uh, based off of, uh, you know, eventually, you know, a story that eventually was based off of a very well-known ballet. So, yeah, Nest Entertainment did The Swan Princess, and I did an entire podcast looking through all ten movies. And Wait, yeah, that's ten? Ten. Uh, wow. They milked that for all they were, didn't they? Good yes, grief. They yeah, they did the first. Uh, they did the first two sequels around the '90s when you know the Swan Princess became really popular when it was released on VHS because when it was released in theaters, it was a bomb. So they did the first two sequels, and it was like, okay, you know, I got it. You know, you know, for people who you know saw the, the Swan Princess in VHS, that's fine. But then around 2012 was when they did seven sequels back to back to back. Wow. Okay. And there were the and there were the CGI sequels, by the way. The ones that you know that have the uncanny valley stuff. Yeah, it's 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 awful. I've heard the legends, anyway, but as far as I'm concerned, I've never actually seen it with my own eyes. So Yeah, I I wouldn't recommend it, by yeah. the way. I I, I, I know anyway, I, I know Jambariki suffered through them. I know I know I know that for a fact. So Yeah, so <laughs> Yeah, let's 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 talk about it. So, yeah, I'm sure a lot of people know about the Swan Princess, the famous uh, ballet, uh, you know, basically focusing on Odette, where she, you know, gets transformed into a swan and she needs to be able to uh, reunite with her long lost love. Uh, where, you know, I guess it depends on the different interpretations because there are a lot of different versions of it. A lot, I think the most famous one is the Tchaikovsky version where um, you have uh, you have Odette and you have Siegfried who, you know, they start uh, falling in love with each other and then, you know, uh, unfortunately Odette dies at the end and Siegfried is, like, really devastated on seeing his beloved love die. So, yeah, I, I mean... The story, I think, could work if Disney was able to do it because when Ness Entertainment did it, once again, because it came out in the mid-90s, it was trying to write off the Disney craze. So you have everything. You have a boy and a girl meeting, and they're a prince and the princess, and they betrothed with one another, very similar to Sleeping Beauty. There's song numbers. There's colorful animal characters. There's a bad guy who transforms into different animals, including a dragon. So, yeah, it does have a lot of that Disney element. So if Disney was able to do a better version of that, I mean, it could be possible that they could, you know, take it into a different direction. Maybe they'll even stick maybe closer to the Tchaikovsky version. Yeah. Okay. Um, next on this list is the Princess and the Pea. They're already doing that. We talked about this with Penelope. You know, now, yeah, I, know. I was, I was wondering. I was just, I, I, I don't know. I had a, I had a brain freeze on that for some strange reason. It was like, uh, you know, I'm pretty sure we. It kind of rang a bell a little bit, but yeah, we have talked about this. Yes, we have. So, yeah, I mean, I know that we haven't heard of Penelope in a while because the next um, movie that's going to be coming out for Disney is Wish. So yes, uh, they are doing a quote unquote. Um, new version of Princess and the Pea, and they're calling it Penelope. We talked about this last year, if you can believe it, on Aaron and Patricia, where we talked about that it was developing a new musical comedy based off of the Princess and the Pea. So, yeah, we have covered this before. Yeah. So, uh, okay, well, I guess this doesn't belong in this list because, you know, they're going to do it. <laughs> so. well, I mean, so let me ask you, how? Uh, when did this um, article come out? Um, this Seven days ago. Oh wow! So they, I guess, I guess if it came out seven days ago, they completely forgot about Penelope then. Yeah, I guess they did. So mm. anyway, we'll move right, on from that. On. So uh, the next one in this list is the Twelve Dancing Princesses. 
Oh, wow. That's a really obscure one. Why is it with one when you can have 12? <laughs> hey, it's the 12 days of Christmas uh, thing. It's like, why have one when you can have 12? Yeah. So the 12 Dancing Princess is a story from Grimm's Fairy Tale that tells of a king who notices that 12 daughters' shoe uh, became worn out every night, even though they were uh, locked in and supposed to be sleeping. Uh, so he hired a soldier to spy on his sleeping children and uh, learn that they escaped through a trapdoor every night into the woods and uh, with 12 princes. Uh, the princesses were punished uh, and the soldier w was made heir to the kingdom and they all lived happily ever after. Um, I think Disney will probably rewrite this like probably like 100 times before you know, we ever, ever get to that point. So uh, I mean, yeah, it'll be like the Snow Queen Frozen thing. It's like it's completely rewritten to the point at which it's almost recognizable. Yeah, they, they would change this up so badly. Yeah, they would. Like, oh my goodness, they would. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on from that. Um, the next one in this list, actually, I think this is the last one in this list, is Rumpelstiltskin's Princess. Oh, okay. Now, I, I think they will kind of like feel kind of similar to Tangled in a way, but not really. Where, you know, Rumpelstiltskin, you know, has um, made a deal with the woman so that he can be able to have her daughter. But the only way that he can be able to um, not take the daughter is if she actually knows what his name is. So, again, this will be possibly one that, I mean, I'm surprised that they haven't done one. The only time in which we've seen a Rumpelstiltskin character was in the Shrek movies. Yeah, I was just thinking about that. So, like, and by the way, that wasn't actually even the Rumpelstiltskin story. That was, like, uh, you know, uh, him taking the a character. day. Yeah, exactly. That was just him taking a day out of Shrek's life. And, uh, you know, he took his birthday away. And then basically the whole world fell apart. Yeah, so. and, and then, of, of course, you know, uh, there's that one cameo in Shrek the Third where um, Prince Charming just basically brought him in in the whole group of villains so they, they can be able to have revenge on Shrek. Yeah, exactly. So, like, uh, yeah, it's just, um, I mean, I guess, you know, um, would it work as a Disney movie? I mean, if they did, you know, some other things in between all of that, I guess it would. And uh, mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, I guess time would tell if they ever decided to approach that. But uh, right now, you know, the next one is Wish, and then after that we're going to see The Princess and the Pea, or Penelope, if you will. So Yeah, I guess so. All right then, so out of the seven, um, I mean, I guess we could say Fumbolina is a possibility, and maybe Rumpelstiltskin is a possibility, but everyone else, nah. I don't think they'll approach those, I don't think. Uh, you, um, you don't think a, a take on the Wild Swan uh, Princess could be working? Um, well, given the fact it's been done to death already, I don't know. Like, uh, I mean, unless yeah, they... I think, they'll, I think they'll definitely try to stay away from it. I, I think so, too. And even if they did, like, you know, again, like, you, you can put this with any of them. Unfortunately, like, you know, they're just caught in, like, this whole, like, you know, we've got to make everything live action now. Like, you know, it's just, it's, uh, I, I just think that Disney will just go with that route if they decide to bring it back. You know. Well, I mean, if they don't do it first, then Ness Entertainment will because they released a video doing a concept video of what the Swan Princess would look like live action. And they're hoping that they can be able to get investors to give them money so they can make it into a possibility. Yeah, we'll see. So. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so um, continuing on with our uh, lists of stuff, um, we've now got another list, which is... This is an article from CBR.com, uh, and they have uh, ranked the 10 Disney movies with bad messages. Well, they're not ranked them, but they've basically given us 10 Disney movies with bad, bad messages in them. So, uh, should we go for the list and see what we think? All right, let's do it. Okay. Um, oh, wait, they have ranked them. Okay, then. Oh, <laughs> Never okay. mind. Right, okay. Um, I don't know what sense that makes, but let's just go through them. Um, so, sure. number t the, the number 10 in the list that has the worst messages is Ralph Breaks the Internet. 
Oh, okay. Uh, one of their friends, one of the friends in, uh, that Ralph and Vanellope make is a name called Spamley, a resident of the internet who advises uh, his business for, in the forms of pop-up ads. He purchases items from various other games and resells them to the highest bidder. Spamley is surprisingly friendly and helpful, but as he offers them the legitimate ways to make money playing video games, uh, something that many people dream of, this might teach people to do more trusting of pop-up ads than it, that might be too good to be true, which are more likely to provide viruses instead of easy money. Well, mm. in that case, I guess, yeah, you could say that's a pretty bad message to send. It is, yeah. But it's more of a joke, really. So, like, uh... But, yeah, I, I mean, I guess some people would see it as a joke, and I'm sure that some people would take it the wrong way. Okay. Ooh. Number nine in this list is Frozen. Ooh. Okay, their justification for this is, Frozen boasts one of the worst songs created by Disney, and it tells an awful message of the worst possible time. Kristoff took Anna to the Rock Trolls to seek uh, the uh, Elder's Guidance, and no, not those Rock Trolls that we do like from you know, the Trolls movie. <laughs> the other <laughs> Rock Trolls. Uh, yeah, Despite uh, Kristoff's fevered attempts to um, tell the other Trolls about the situation, they immediately break into song, cutting into any tension the scene w they should have had. As Anna was dying of a frozen heart, uh, the Trolls humiliated uh, Christoph by revealing flaws and when they discovered Anna was engaged uh, they called her uh, a quote-unquote fixer-upper. Those engagements uh, was uh, just a quirky flaw. I uh, mean, everybody knows that that's the worst song in the movie. Yeah, I think everyone's kind of know about that, but uh, yeah, but mind you, Frozen's Frozen, so like it's a phenomenon. So like, uh, there it is. Oh yeah, if you want to hear more about our thoughts of it, you can go check out our podcast where we talked about both Frozen and Frozen 2. Yeah, okay. Uh, number eight in this list is Mulan 2. Oh, okay. Uh, What's that? Mulan 2 manages uh, to make, quote-unquote, follow your, your heart a terrible message. Uh, with the threats of a Mongol attack on the horizon and not enough forces to drive them back, the Emperor of China decides to forge an alliance with the kingdom of uh, Khoi Gong uh, to deter the, Mong the Mongols. Uh, he asked uh, Mulan and, and Li Shang to escort three daughters to uh, to marry uh, Khoi Gong princes in three days, uh, or else uh, the alliance will crumble and China would fall. Despite the consequences, Mulan encouraged the prince Princesses to uh, pursue their feelings for Yao, Ling, and uh, Xianpo, uh, as two they had only known for a few days. Um, Mulan's taste for the arranged marriages also seems to come out of nowhere, since she's been willing to marry to bring her family's honor to in the previous film. Uh, it hasn't made any sense that uh, she was against marriages uh, with much higher stakes. Mm. Okay. I, I could see that. All right. Number seven in this list is Beauty and the Beast. Oh, boy. Okay. What, what do they have to say about this? Beauty and the Beast is a story about how a selfish prince was transformed into a beast as punishment for turning away disgruntled... Oh, wait, hang on a second. This is like this is them saying, like, you know, this is Stockholm Syndrome, the movie, oh, basically. Gosh. Yeah. The story implies that it's justified as it hid her beauty behind her god experience and wanted to shelter from the cold. Uh, however, the prince uh, was only in his preteens or teenage years when he was cursed, and a few people are inclined to let strangers into their homes. Um, What? Uh, the Enchantress transformed the prince into a monster that uh, people tried to hunt down later in the film. It even s seems that uh, she wanted to spend the rest of his life with, uh, as a beast, even granted him the mirror taunts uh, him in the outside world, which uh, wouldn't have needed if uh, he could save safely in his castle. Originally transformed into... I, that, they, hang on, I'm, I'm sure this makes sense of this. Um, I mean, the uh, whole Stockholm Syndrome thing, I have heard so many times... It is overwhelming that people just don't seem to understand the point of the love between, you know, Belle and the Beast. Watch Lindsay Ellis's video disproving that the whole Beauty and the Beast thing was Stockholm Syndrome because it's not. Okay. Number six in this list is Aladdin. 
what did they say about this one? Okay, Aladdin spends a huge chunk of the film living a lie. Oh, it's the liar reveal thing that they're complaining oh, about. I mean, it, it was pretty common to have these kind of stories. The liar, the yeah, is like it was a typical trope in a movie. Like you might as well say all animated movies were bad back in the nineties then. <laughs> okay, let's move on. Uh, number five in this list is Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. I mean, this is a classic fairy tale. Okay, what what did they say about this one? Unfortunately, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs has many fairy tale adaptations to portray a villainous stepmother, implying that stepmothers are familiar outsiders. Uh, films like these, uh, this one, and Cinderella makes the stepmothers envious of their daughter's natural charm and beauty, and uh, paint the dismal picture of what is like the relationship. Well, you know, that's just that's fairy tale. Written eight years, okay, centuries okay. ago. I get, I get what they're trying to say. That saying, oh, if you have a stepmother, that automatically means that they're going to be evil. It's like, no. No. That doesn't automatically mean that and, at uh, all. The, and the vast majority of Disney villains now in, in Disney films have not been stepmothers. So, like, yeah, uh, yeah whatever. What the heck? Number four in this list is Raya and the Last Dragon. Oh, <laughs> let me guess. Is it involving with, you know, trust? Okay, so Ryan Lajon claims that trust brings people together to the point where it saves the world. In order to keep the uh, drum from turning everyone into stone, Raya and uh, the friends decided to trust uh, Nera, uh, Namarami. I've not, I'm not watched Raya and the Last Dragon yet. So okay, still... okay. So, yeah, I mean, basically the whole point is that uh, there's, you know, Ryan the Last Dragon takes place in this huge world where there's like different nations and they're all wanting an energy source and they're fighting over this energy source. And Raya is the last of her people who unfortunately got turned into stone. And the only way that they can be able to turn back to normal is if she gets fragments of the pieces of the you know, the energy source that had been scattered away for years. And the only way that she can be able to get the last piece is if she goes over to her rivaling uh, nation. And it's all about trust. And I guess they're saying that trust is a bad thing? Apparently so. Wow. Right. So I guess I guess that means that I'll never trust anybody that um, I would either, you know, you know, love or I would either say, OK, just because you're bad doesn't mean I shouldn't trust you. I mean, it, it just goes to show you that people deserve a chance, even though that they've done wrong in the past. I mean, you know, even a lot of fake, uh, you know, uh, fables and a lot of stories tell you about like. Um, you know, forgiveness and about that, you know, you should trust others, even though that they've stabbed you in the back. It just goes to show you about how good of a person you are if you do this. So, no, it's actually a good message. So I don't know where you're getting at, Disney fans who uh, wrote uh, this. CBR.com. Um, I'm trying to think who wrote this, actually. It was... You know, uh... let's, let's, not, let's not do that. Let's, let's, just, let's just move on. Okay, then. Well, tell you what. Um, well, it's been a pretty bad list so far, hasn't it? Yeah, okay. but I'm sure that there'll be some that, you know, will say, okay, that was justified. So okay. let's let's continue. Number three in this list is a goofy movie. What? what? Yeah. A goofy movie's characters suffer from a distinct lack of communication, which is often enough to help two parties reach an understanding. The film follows Goofy's road trip with to his son Max Goof in response to the school principal's claim that Max's current path would lead him straight to the electric chair. Uh, rather than asking Max what happened, he took uh, the principal's word and face value and forced Max to cancel his plans in order to go to a road trip. While the journey succeeds in bringing them together, they never actually addressed the issue that got Max into trouble in the first place. Additionally, dancing on stage with Paraline would have got gotten them in immense trouble and resonance of the uh, performance that uh, got Max into trouble in the first place. 
Like it's have they have they not seen the movie? First of all, you, when Goofy got the call from the principal, the principal made it out into a much bigger deal than what it already was. I mean, sure, you know, Max dressed up as Powerline during an assembly, and you know, uh, of course, the principal thought that he was dressed up as a gang member and disrupted the assembly, which you know, to be quite honest, everyone was falling asleep from that. And then he was told by the principal that if he doesn't clean up his act, he would end up in the electric chair. I mean, how would any parent respond to that? They would try to clean up their, you know, their, you know, help clean up their, their child's act because, I mean, that's what they're taking into value. I mean, he didn't even hear anything else because the well, principal saw, immediately we, yeah, hung up we, the we phone. We saw a less extreme version of this in, a, in another particular uh, TV series we've been looking at. Do you remember what that was? What's that? The Owl House. Yeah. Exactly, but the difference was is that Camila was actually in the principal's office, whereas you know Goofy got it from a phone call. Exactly, yeah, but I mean the the the, the stories are somewhat still the same. Like you know, uh, it's um, you know um, Camila reacting pretty you know pretty badly to you know something that really worries her. That you know that her you know something's happening with her daughter and she needs to do something about it. And, yeah, but know, at least she got the full picture as opposed to like a truncated version from the principal did who she, was though? reacting very poorly. Did she Absolutely. though? I don't think yeah. she did. Well, I mean, she, because you, back in like you know, in the uh, in the last episode we saw, like you know, she was really apologetic about it. Like she did, she felt like she shouldn't have done what she did. You know. Yeah, so. but at least the principal told the full story as opposed to like the principal in a goofy movie just basically told like you know, incorrect versions of what happened in, you know, in the well, actual Well, I'm not scene. saying they're similar, but I would say that the reactions are the same, I would say. Yeah, like, the reactions are the same, absolutely. But, you know, at least the principal didn't tell Camila that if Luz kept it up, she was going to end up in the electric chair. Oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying it's the same. I'm saying, like, you know, it's uh, one is more, I mean, obviously one was more extreme than the other, but they, in a way, they are sort of similar. Yeah. yeah, and so let's talk about the lack of communication. It makes a lot of sense for the scene in the movie where Max tries to tell his dad that, you know, he was invited to a party and that he wants to be able to talk to this girl. But again, Goofy is constantly interrupting him and is so focused on trying to help his son go over to this fishing trip. So there's no lack of communication. Max was actually trying to do this. Mm hmm. Uh, and then, of course, I'm sure that a lot of people say, well, I mean, why did Max not tell, you know, his dad about wanting to go to Los Angeles as opposed to like, um, you know, wanting to tell him right away? I mean, OK, maybe that portion, maybe. But I mean, it, it was basically like him trying to right a wrong where he was thinking that, OK, he, he doesn't want to go to this fishing trip. And so he tries to find a loophole so he can be able to change the map. And then eventually Goofy gave Max the map so that he can be able to they can go anywhere they want until they go over to their fishing trip. So, yeah, I mean, it was a very crucial moment in that final scene. Mm -hmm. OK, um, number two in this list is Toy Story 4. Okay, and what do they say about this? Okay, so Toy, 4, Toy Story 4 excuses some of the toys' worst actions because uh, they were doing it for a kid. Obsessed with uh, being a part of Bonnie's life, uh, Woody uh, lived through Forky, protecting the makeshift toy. When Woody and his friends tried to rescue Forky from Gabby Gabby, uh, Forky uh, uh, fell into the clutches of a cat. Uh, Woody uh, drove in, dove, dove in to save him, which uh, made Bo Peep's uh, sheep fall and uh, lose a leg. Uh, Bo Peep eventually f forgave him, uh, saying that he... She loved him for his loyalty towards the, the, his kid. Uh, Gabby, Gabby wasn't much better. Uh, when she and uh, the ventriloquist dummies di didn't succeed in ripping out his voice box, she turned to using information she gathered from Forky to guilt uh, Woody into giving it up. So. Mm. 
Yeah, like, uh, well, I mean, we can all agree that Toy Story 4 was, um, you know, not the greatest Toy Story sequel. <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> fair enough. And yeah. now they're making Toy Story 5, which kind of, like, kind of baffles us a little bit, really. But, uh, yeah, I mean, so much for, oh, we're, we're going to be focusing on original stories from this point on. I guess, um, uh, you know, an underperforming movie will do that for you, I well, guess. Well, Bob Iger's back, so that's all I can say. Uh, right, and the number one movie that has the uh, the ba- the the worst message, I guess, out of the ten, which you know um, we've sort of kind of like you know, debated so far. Mind you, I guess we can say this movie definitely deserves it. Number one in this list is Cars Two. Oh boy! Uh, Cars Two. Lightning McQueen learns that he needed to accept Mater for who he was and not be embarrassed by his best by his best friend. Although Mater realizes that his actions embarrassed uh, McQueen, such as when he issued uh, a race cha- racing challenge on behalf of uh, on his behalf and drove around at top speeds while screaming. Uh, McQueen told him that he should just be himself and pretend that uh, every place uh, was Radiator Springs. Uh, and this is an important message for people to stay true to themselves, but everyone should exercise some restraint and how some to show some manners even if they are in, in a public setting since McQueen told Mater not to worry about uh, such things audience were treated to Mater making uh, obnoxious facial expressions and farting sounds before before he met the queen so I mean like uh, toys I mean cars yeah. cars 2 was a terrible movie anyway regardless of what a message he was trying to send yeah so, exactly yeah but uh, so uh, whether, I, I, I mean, how old is this article, it, by the way? Huh, it well, it was done on twenty fifth of February, so not very too, not too long ago, ten days ago. I'm surprised, that, huh? I'm surprised that they didn't include like um, other movies, like Chicken Little wasn't even on this list. Oh yeah, Chicken Little is a terrible story. Pretty yeah, much. and Strange Worlds could have been included in there as well. Yeah, exactly. Like uh, you know, uh, hang on a second. Let's just. Uh, I'm just I'm trying to think of uh, you know all the other worst Disney movies of all time. It's going to go on that. So uh, uh, let's have a look. Uh, and Perfect Hotness, would you say that's a terrible, uh, a terrible message? A terrible yeah. message about the importance of trying to save your world due to you know people colonizing it. Mm, not sure about that. I mean, I mean the... I'm just having a look for like what the, I mean. Collider.com did like the the top uh, worst uh, Disney movies of all time. Let me remind you on some of the like some of the bad ones. I'm just saying like I'm still trying I mean, to find the... at least had a message about. Um, you know, not seeing people that you don't know of as savages, so it actually has a pretty good message. So yeah. I wouldn't uh, agree with that one. Uh, Dinosaur, the 2000s one. Um, okay, well, I guess the message on that one is, um, you know, trying to survive and working together so that you can be able to go to your final location. Uh, not much of a message there, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, what about the Black Cauldron? I can't even remember what the message of that movie was. That movie had a message? Uh, apparently so. Uh, Chicken Little's definitely in this list, according to Okay, Collider. of course, yeah. Um, Olaf's Frozen Adventure. I mean, that's, that's not a movie, it doesn't count. It's a short, yeah, it's a short. And uh, Strange World is in this list of uh, worst movies of all time. <laughs> yeah, that, all time. that has a pretty bad message involving with, like, generational trauma that involves with, um, you know, the parent uh, disagreeing about what their offspring wants and then following the same footsteps all over again. Just, yeah, that's, yeah. that's pretty bad. And according to Collider, the worst uh, Disney movie of all time is Home on the Range. Uh, the message on that one, I mean, I guess the message on that one is like, you know, doing whatever that you can so you can be able to save your home from being sold off. So I guess maybe that's the message. But um, I mean, it's I, I would say it's not the worst movie. I mean, for people who said that Home on the Range is the worst, it's not. I've seen it. I'd say it's pretty boring, but it's not awful. I think Chicken Little is far worse than Home on the Range. Yeah. 
Okay. I mean, I, I mean, at least Home on the Range had a decent moral about you know being determined to go far and beyond so that you can be able to save something that you love and that you can be able to um, have teamwork and you can be able to have dedication even if the odds are against you. So I think it has a pretty decent moral. I mean, sure, the movie's not good, but still, it I would say that it has much better of a message than Chicken Little did. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway, but yeah, uh, th- th- I'm sorry, Aaron. This that that list was that list was terrible. Yeah, we, yeah. We, we we've seen some terrible lists, you know, like uh, in the time and uh, but so, yeah, that that's probably going to be one of the worst of 2023 so far. So, yeah. yeah. All right, let's let's move on. Do better, CBR.com. <laughs> okay um right and finally um we're going to talk about a um incident that took place on the kelly clarkson show in regards to uh a, um promoting the super mario movie um so apparently jack black were had a prank pulled on him where uh um, they were going to like they were told he was told that they were going to dress up as uh the characters of the movie and uh but uh yeah, this was a like uh, mind you it's a pretty you know, uh, you know, you ever seen that that prank where, like, you know, you're told it was a costume party, so you get like a costume, then you turn up and everyone's dressed normally, but you're not. You know, it's <laughs> it's, it's kind of like that joke in uh, what was it, Mean Girls? Yeah, I guess. In- yeah, I guess yeah. so. I don't see Mean Girls, so I don't really know. Okay. Right now, but, uh, Fair enough. Anyway, uh, with the release of Super Mario Bros. movie approaching, the film's cast have been doing uh, the rounds to promote it, uh, as you would expect. Jack Black, the voice of Bowser, may have been, may have promoted a little more than he had anticipated in the recent appearance on the Kelly Clarkson show, which ended up having his clutch blurred out. Uh, Black appeared with his co-stars Chris Pratt, Charlie Day, uh, Keenan Michael Kay in a series of videos uploaded to YouTube by uh, the official channel of the Kelly Clarkson show. Uh, the others uh, showed up in a casual fashion while Black was tricked in by the others into dressing up as uh, his Mario movie counterparts, uh, which is Bowser. Uh, the editors clearly thought that Bowser's costume was somewhat naked in, in the attempt to prevent any broadcasting uh, uh, cock-ups. Uh, Black's crotch was uh, censored. Uh, the blurring can uh, can clearly be seen in the video uploaded to uh, on the video on the entrance to his studio. So uh, yeah, you can see the video on YouTube and you can see the blurring for yourself. But uh, yeah, it's like uh, good grief. Um, Clarkson told Black, "My favorite part is your butt." Uh, I can only assume that he meant she meant the the tip of the uh, tiny tail of the back of the costume and not uh, the tip of something else. But yeah, good grief. If you know, like. Um, if they were going to do this, they should have probably, like, thought, oh, yeah, let's not put, like, uh, you know, pants on Jack Black so tight that you can see his nutsack. Oh, jeez. Good grief. But, uh... I, I mean, it was supposed to be, like, a fun thing. It was supposed to be, like, okay, Jack Black is going to come into costume so that he can be able to promote the Super Mario Brothers movie, which this isn't the first time that he's done this. Yeah, and mind you, he had a lot of fun at Comic-Con promoting it, pretty much. Exactly. So, uh, this is the same thing that he did for Comic-Con, and that was a blast. So I guess uh, the Kelly Clarkson show, where now millions of people are tuning in as opposed to Comic-Con, in which, you know, maybe the fans would be tuning into it. So, yeah, so <laughs> what a way to have this promotion pretty much go into a disaster. Yeah, pretty much. And so, uh, um, well, hopefully the uh, the film won't be hopefully the film won't be bad enough where we kind of like revisit this as a jo- as an ongoing joke. So, oh, uh, no, please uh, no. Anyway, time will tell. So, mm-hmm. all right then, everybody. Um, so, um, this is the end of the of the Aaron and Patricia. And but uh, if you're going to be sticking around for the Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur spoiler section, then uh, please, uh, you know, move away now, and we will see you all next week. So, um, take care, everybody, and see you later soon. So. All right, see you guys.
Okay, going once, going twice, going a third time, and we are in spoiler section, so we are going to be covering the third episode of A Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, and so this features our protagonist uh, basically looking after the ice rink all by herself. Yes. Yeah. She is looking through um, the ice rink by herself, and unfortunately, things kind of go into a disaster when she accidentally destroys her mom's turntables. Mm -hmm. And uh, so she gets the idea to uh, go dress up as uh, you know Moon Girl and also bring in Devil Dinosaur and basically run like uh, you know a, a promotional night uh, for them all. And uh, this goes out on social media, but unfortunately, kind of gets the wrong attention. <laughs> so uh, yeah. they, they end up fighting exactly. three villains in this in. in this one episode yeah so. which is actually pretty cool that she was able to kind of like um you know bring in all of these bad guys and being able to fight them all into this um 22 minute episode which i thought that okay you know i thought it was going to be like your typical episode to kind of cool things down after the um the the uh the premiere episode which lasted for over an hour so it's like okay you know we got our action in so now let's just see if we can call cool, you know calm things down but <laughs> i guess you know at first yes but now it's like nope <laughs> here's yeah. the action again <laughs> i mean you can see some inspiration from the powerpuff girls in this in this episode can't you well, for like, sure yeah, yeah defo like it's just it's and i think that's really cool so like uh, you know where well, you got lunella who basically is learning a pretty valuable message and by the way that's the great thing about uh, you know there's like here's the thing like you know in this this is a great um showing of what you do with a protagonist who you know isn't a mary sue and also has flaws you know, like, it's just, it's, uh, it, you know, it's, um, it's kind of a really good balance because you can tell, you know, Lunella is, you know, very intelligent, is, uh, you know, very on her feet, is very active, and, you know, she's, you know, she's obviously a kid and everything like that, but, and, uh, but at the same time, like, you know, she's not invincible, like, you know, she makes mistakes, she's naive, and, uh, you know, yeah, she's and, not and too she's, sure about that. Yeah, and she's that. a teenager. Exactly, yeah, yeah. So. but it's not done, it's, it's not done to a degree of, like, a Dexter, you know, like, uh, which I think actually is, you know, because my, my biggest fear is is that when you have characters like this, like, you know, they it seems to have, like, either a bit of arrogance or a bit of, like, you know, ego and stuff like that, which I was a bit worried about when we first went into this. I thought this was going to be a lot more like Dexter's Lab, but thankfully it's not. Or, or, or Jimmy Neutron. Or Jimmy Neutron, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, we've seen these characters already, you know, but we're getting something refreshing with Lunella, which I'm really liking. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I mean, Lunella is supposed to be like one of the most intelligent characters in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. They say that her intelligence rivals Iron Man, who is one of the most intelligent characters in all of Marvel. So the fact that we have this in a teenage girl and the fact that she has her own flaws where she's able to mess up and learn from them is really, really remarkable. Yeah. And you know, like uh, we've got a really fun protagonist with this with this with this show as well, which you know mm -hmm. I'm really happy about. And uh, also, like I mean, I'm really glad they also sticking like you know like little minis as well. Like you know, at the very beginning of the episode, uh, you know, where uh, uh, Lunella is trying to get the devil dinosaurs to basically take a bath, basically. And uh, but the, <laughs> unfortunately, it's, you know, it's a dinosaur, so the the next best thing is basically sticking through a car wash. Which, yeah, uh, it makes a lot of sense, of course. Well, I'm gonna be honest with you, I'm gonna sympathize with Devil a little bit, really. Like you know, who, who wants to go through a car wash? You know, like uh, you know, like that. I guess. I yeah, mean, and, and I mean, I'm sure that he wouldn't be familiar with the concept of baths because he comes from a different dimension that's like who knows how many years into the past. So he's not even familiar with the concept of baths. So I'm sure that he was probably like really confused and suffering from it when uh, Lunella tried to wash him up. Yeah, I guess. And also, mind you, like, you know, uh, I don't care what you are, like, you know, uh, I've seen the East River. So, like, you know, yeah, like, I'll be more in favor of like, sticking Devil Dinosaur for a car wash after that. Maybe even more some. <laughs> You know, yeah. bit of hand, bit of hand, bit, bit of uh, hand. You know, uh, you know, car washing. You know, jet jet stream. 
you know, that whole that whole deal, I would say. Yes. Yeah, but uh, you know what? Her family are fun too. You know, like I, I, I really, en- I've been really enjoying her family. Her mom, her her siblings, her her grandmother Mimi is like really, really great. I've been really enjoying seeing the family dynamics, which is great because usually when you have a TV show like this, it's like the family is always like an afterthought. You want to focus on the action. You want to focus on the superheroes and the friends and stuff like that. So I'm really glad that they're able to give that balance. Do, do you want me to? Uh, I, I, I'm not going to make a wager with you or anything like that, but uh, I get a feeling that the grandma's catching on. Don't oh. you? <laughs> I absolutely. Yes. I think she knows she's Moon Girl. Absolutely, of course. I really do believe. I, I knew that from like maybe episode two that she knew who Moon Girl is. So of course she knows. Yeah, yeah. I think. I mean, it's like uh, it's gonna like you know gonna be like this dramatic moment of like you know you know Grandma, I am you know Moon Girl, and like she like you know takes her head off. It's like she's like, oh yeah, I knew it. It's like what? <laughs> it's like you know I did this whole dramatic thing. Like I can see them doing that joke. <laughs> You know? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, I mean, but uh, um, so and then you know all the villains as well. Like, uh, I, I like that you know they have this these really threatening abilities, but at the same time you can still make fun of them. Like, uh, yeah, I, I, they're they're very fun. Yeah, I I do really enjoy that that they're not overly serious. They do have a side of comedy to them. Yeah, I think somewhere down the line, I think when we when when you know when when we get to the serious points, I think you know when Moon Girl's about to meet a match, I think we are going to get a serious villain. I think. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, we are going to get that eventually somewhere down the line, depending on how far we go with Moon Girl. And uh, I mean, I mean, obviously, you know, Disney series seems to go in threes at this point from the looks of it. So I think maybe three seasons of the Moon Girl Devil Dinosaur is what we're going to get. Who knows? We might get more. But, yeah, uh, I mean, especially since um, I know that the uh, the com- the comics was like a limited series, so maybe they'll cover all of it, or maybe they'll just make up some stories that kind of like um, increase the storylines of what happened in the comics. Who knows? Well, we might get something new. So oh, um, that could be a possibility. We might get some new adventures. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But uh, so um, yeah, um, again, like um, a really good episode, I have to say. And uh, also, this is the one with the, the Childish Gambino in it. So, uh, like, yes, well, not, not yeah, actually in the but, show, but, you know, obviously his uh, music. No, the, the song was, yeah, which yeah. I believe, from what I remember, was the pitch to see if they can get Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur in a series, was they actually did play this song, and they actually showcased some, like, um, early animation, and they were like, yeah, we like it, let's let's include that in. So I'm glad they were able to return that yeah. reference. Well, by the way, anyone who's complaining about the fact that, you know, oh, well, I already saw this in this pitch, it's like, well, you know, guess what? Most animated shows, I you know, anything that you see in the pitch usually ends up in the show so like yeah. you know like there's you know in hey arnold there's like there's three versions of basically my arnold narrowly avoids a thrashing effectively yeah exactly there's yeah. been three versions of 24 hours to live if you want to know more information about that i did an entire video called the origins of arnold, arnold where you get to yeah. see yeah yeah so go check out that video and you'll see that there's a difference of it you have the comic you have the pilot you have the episode itself so go check it out yeah by the way everybody we know like there's nine episodes so it's like it's uh it's not that you know uh, but one thing we're going to kind of do right now is that uh, um we're going to do it one episode at a time to kind of like just kind of space everything out and, uh, yeah, also, exactly. Also, I, I want to give this show is like its real appreciation as well because, like, uh, you know, as far as I'm concerned, like, you know, so far, I'm we're only three episodes in and we're really enjoying it. Yeah, so. I mean, we could have easily just like discussed about every single episode that's already been out on Disney Plus, and then we would have just like left it one and done. But we actually want to savor it. It's um, you know, it's like as opposed to just you know chomping away really quickly, as opposed to like you know slowly appreciating the meal that is right in front of us. Yeah, because I know there's going to be some people complaining, like you know, well, we were on episode seven already. It's like, well, good for you. 
Like, you know. <laughs> yeah, we're I glad mean, you've got wouldn't... all this free time to watch all this other stuff while we have to go and, you know, be adults in the real world. <laughs> you know, good for you. Yeah. Yeah, like we said earlier, when it comes to the debate between um, streaming versus like watching episodes week by week by week, we prefer watching something week by week by week. That way we can be able to become fully invested about what's happening next as opposed to like releasing everything all in one season and then just like, you know, binging all the way through so that we can be able to get like everything one and done. I, I guess maybe, kind of I guess the only thing I could think of is that maybe that's what, you know, people have been asking for on Disney Plus. Again, I don't know. I'll not be keeping my ear too much to the uh, to, to the wall, but uh, I mean, maybe they are saying, oh, well, we'd rather have things released in batches rather than have like one a week. I don't know. Like, uh, I, I mean, don't know. That, I, I'm... You and I, I, I mean, that's just what you mind. and I have grown up on because like, you know, we're back in the back in the day, like, you know, where we didn't have streaming services. You had to basically turn the TV on and hope that your favorite show was going to be on that week, effectively. <laughs> You're sounding like an old man by saying, like, back in my day, we didn't have them TiVos and them Netflixes. We had to, like, put in our VHS tape if we knew we were going to miss it, and then we were going to have to watch it or not. We were going to miss it and get some information from our friends who did watch it. Yeah, back in my day, we didn't have digital, you know, receivers. Everything was analog, so I had to tell my dad to turn off the damn shaver so I could, <laughs> I could like, see the video. You know, that's true, actually by the way my dad um you know well one time we were actually watching satellite tv and like there was just all this really wild static and uh, my dad had the sh he was uh, was shaving in like in the in the different room and he he came in while he was shaving and so when he turned the shaver off the tv was okay after that and so my dad was wow. like what the heck so he turned the shaver back on the static was back and then he turned it off and then it was back to normal and he was like he just found that so we all found that so weird wow and he was like good grief <laughs> like you know, uh, we never got the explanation for that as well. Like I don't know if my what my dad's been using to shave his face this entire time has not been, been healthy for everybody, or if uh, you know, the, you know, the satellite TV was so weak that at the time that you know even like common household appliances interfered with it. You know. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, for the sake of pacing ourselves and for the sake of wanting to enjoy the experience, we are going to be watching each episode on a weekly basis as opposed to like just binging all of it and then just giving you our further thoughts into it. Yeah. By the way, I still love the style. Like, you know, yeah. I, I, thought, I thought I'd get bored of the style at some point, but no, like, you know, it's, it's, every time they seem to keep like, they seem to keep like you know, upping the ante every time. You know, like, and uh, I love how, like, they do, like, the whole, like, you know, all the scenes where, like, they're doing, like, with the skates, and, like, you can see, like, they have their own personalities when they're skating, you know, like, mm -hmm. uh, in, in the roller rink, and uh, I love it when the dad, like, you know, he just can't get his feet right, and he just falls on his ass. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was hilarious. Uh, so much for the apple falling far from the tree. Yeah. That's true, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but this show's so much fun. So. Yeah, I, I, I really am excited for next week's episode. Yeah, I am too. Episode four. So, mm -hmm. which I believe is going to be when I get the episodes out is check yourself. So okay, so uh, I guess until then we're going to be checking ourselves before we wreck ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everybody, we've been doing this for too long. I think we're going to take a break. So yeah, we right. are. See you later next week, everybody. Take care. Bye for now. See you later. <laughs>